Production. Recorded live. Grace and peace, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to prof, uh, welcome to spirit uh, the show tonight. Uh, the spirit. Uh, it's called Freestyle Fridays, uh, where every topic is relevant as long as it's biblical. My name is David Chandler, and sitting alongside me is Nijiti Hawkins. And we're going to be studying tonight, or we're going to be continuing our series in the music industry, what's behind the music. And uh, we're going to go deeper inside the spirit of music, what's really being said in the songs that we used to listen to and that we're listening to now and what the young people are even listening to. And um, so we're going to be here. We're going to answer all of your questions for those who are going to be calling in later, for those of you who are on the air now. Uh, So thank you for being with us. Thank you. Uh, Thank the Lord for your support and your your diligence and your prayers uh, <clears throat> that made this these recordings what they are today. And uh, so, with that, with all, with with any further ado, GT, just leave us in a word, uh, open us up in a word of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come to you in prayer. We ask you that you use us, Father God. Use us to glorify your name, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and to open up this subject uh, to all listeners and to all people so that uh, everyone can get some meat and even milk out of this discussion, Father God, so that uh, we can be very uh, uh, well prepared against the wiles and the weapons of Satan, and so that we can also be mature in the faith, Father God, and discern uh, things that are not healthy for us and to us, and they can do more harm than good. So we ask, Father God, that you give us your blessings and uh, uh, guide us in this discussion and open the minds and hearts of of everyone who's listening. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, So... Tonight we're going to be talking about a guy that I'm pretty sure some of you know and some of you don't know about. His name is Aleister Crowley. Now, with music, um, music is a spiritual uh, creation. Uh, we read in the scriptures, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, that our music, any music that we listen to is supposed to be God-honoring, God-fearing. And not only is it supposed to be God honoring, well, should I let me let me back up for a sec because I'm getting ahead of myself. How is our music supposed to be God honoring? Well, it's supposed to preach sound doctrine. And what is sound doctrine? Well, the Bible tells us what it is, and that's Jesus Christ, the gospel. The, in in uh first i think it's second uh first corinthians fifteen uh three uh through four that paul this is the apostle paul speaking that Jesus died according to the scriptures and was raised according to the scriptures, 
and oh, Jesus Christ died and was buried according to the scriptures, and he rose again according to the scriptures, and that we have the right to eternal life through his shed blood on the cross. That is sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is also uh, anything that does not deviate from the nature of God. And what is what then is the nature of God? How do you explain to the average Joe on the street who God is according to the word of God? Well, first of all, Jesus, God is the creator of all things. We read in Colossians 2, and 8, uh, 2 uh, chapter 1, verses 15, that he, that he, Jesus Christ, created all things, whether it's principalities, whether it's powers, whether it's thrones. He created all things. And so God's nature is that he is omniscient. He's all omniscient, meaning all-knowing. Omnipotent, meaning all-powerful. And uh, he's everywhere, present at the same time, which means that um, he's everywhere. He he can be anywhere. He's um, not, you know, he's just all-powerful. He He's created the universe, and, and he's transcended from his creation, which means that he is not his creation. A lot of uh, false doctrine, a lot of uh, aberrant not African Christian groups, but a lot of a lot of witchcraft groups believe that God is in everything: the water, the rocks, the trees, uh, things of that sort. But He is transcendent from all of that, and that is His true nature. Um, when I went to college, I studied what is called ontology, which is the study of the essence or a person's nature, God, on, from an ontological perspective, is all-powerful. And us humans cannot, and this is why we have, it's very important to understand what it means when God said, let us make man in his own image and likeness. Well, what does image and likeness mean? Well, what does it mean? to be created in the image and likeness of God. Well, first of all, let's look at the word image and let's look at the word likeness. Well, man is a three-part type being, which means body, soul, spirit. God is, we're talking about one God existing in three persons. Um, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. With man, man is created with a soul, man is created with a will, volition, man is created with an intellect, and man is created um, with the ability to think, reason, and to feel emotion. God is the same way. God has an intellect, God has emotions, he can feel. We read in the Bible that uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 30, that grieve not the Holy Spirit... Whether we are until, whereas we are sealed into the day of redemption. So God, or the Holy Spirit, which is God, can be grieved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is sound doctrine. That is sound theology. So in regards to music, music ought to reflect what the Bible already teaches us. 
Music ought to glorify that. At the center of uh, Jesus should be, the Lord Jesus Christ should be the center of our music. And this is what Paul the Apostle was teaching us in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. As a matter of fact, let's turn there real quickly so we can get a general idea of what I'm talking about so that I'm not just flipping off at the gums for no reason. Uh, Ephesians chapter... Uh, yeah, while we uh, while five verses, I want to uh, 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 say hello to. Oh uh, yeah, North Carolina is on the call. Please introduce yourself. Hey, this is Adrian. Oh, Hi, Mrs. Elliot. Goodness, oh my goodness, <laughs> How are y'all? We good. Well, we're good. How are you? I'm wonderful. I've been trying to get on, but usually I'll forget. And so now, because I'm coaching in the afternoons now, so I'm getting home late. Oh, I see. Yeah, so I I, I hate I missed the part one. Part yeah, two. part one was great. Part two was even better. Uh, and I'm not tooting, our, well, we're not tooting our own horn, um, GT and I, but uh, we've been pretty much holding it down and for Obama I'm pretty I'm doing pretty well for myself. No, I'm kidding. I'm oh. kidding. Oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, um you guys hold, I'm gonna have to put you on hold right quick. This is my mother. Okay. Okay. That's All right. Cool. All right, so continue, Dave. Okay. Uh Ephesians chapter five verses nineteen through twenty one says and I'm gonna start at verse eighteen. Be not and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, it says speaking to yourselves, singing, in, uh, in psalms and hymns. Now, psalm, a psalm is a poem. And and hymn, of course, is a song. We, we when I went to an IBF church, an Independent Baptist Fundamentalist church, we sung hymns, and they're nothing but songs. But back in the old days, back in maybe the eighteen or nineteen hundred, early portion of the nineteen hundreds, they would refer to them as hymns. Uh, as a matter of fact, in a lot of your Baptist churches, you have what is what are called hymnals, books of songs written by uh, individuals that were, um, you know, from Franny Crosby to all these other guys back in the early portion of the uh, century. And they called them, of course, they were known as hymns. Now, Psalms are what you read in the, the book of Psalms. They're, they're poetry. They're, um, as a writer, uh, we, uh, I took a creative, uh, few creative writing classes and I took a creative writing class where the emphasis was placed on poem, uh, poetry simply because the professor was a poet. And he explained to us the difference between a psalm and a hymn. And psalms are basically poetry. And the apostle Paul here is telling us that our poetry or psalms and, and our hymns should be focused on the Lord. So with that being said, any music now, people 
ask me. I, I had a conversation with a guy when I was working for Macy's way back when, maybe about four years ago. He was trying to get into the music industry, and before he gave me a demo of his rap video, um, he uh, told me that um, I've been, you know, he's been to a, to a lot of parties with a lot of rappers that were starting, that were getting into the game, so to speak. And he had, he saw a lot of guys getting high, getting drunk, and all this other stuff, and you know, parties and things of that sort. But he did not believe that the music was satanic, or he did not believe that the music or these companies, these labels were controlled by illuminists. So I kind of, I listened to him. I I didn't try to dominate the conversation. I didn't try to convince him otherwise because I, for one thing, I knew that he was wrong, but I just let him talk his piece. I, I let him say what he had to say, and then that was that. And then my break was over, and then I had to go on the floor. But um, for those of you that are asking or raising the question, is secular music satanic? And the answer is yes, it is. Um, I battled with this topic for years. I said, well, maybe some of it is satanic, whereas you have other softer um, rock songs that are not so bad, you know, like, uh, I don't know, uh, Aaliyah, uh, even though the, work, the the song that she sang, I think it was with R. Kelly or somebody like that, or it was about R. Kelly, where she says she's singing the song, Age is Nothing But a Number. And I thought, I didn't pay too much attention to it because, again, back then I wasn't really into music. I wasn't into a lot of the stuff that was coming out back in the early portion of the 2000s. So it didn't really, I, I was indifferent towards it. But as when I studied the song a little more, it was talking about underaged relationships, the underage relationship between him and R. Kelly, I mean her and R. Kelly. And I said, well, okay, that's weird because R. Kelly did have a thing with young girls and all of his songs were pertaining to sex and pertaining to fornication and all kinds of other perversion. But... Uh, I'm talking about the softer brand, like Hall of Notes, uh, Tears for Fears, and uh, all of these other bands, uh, Huey Lewis and the News, all these other bands that we knew of back in the 80s when the, the, the heavy metal rock bands ruled the musical landscape. And Madonna wasn't so soft, but we li- we, we're, when, we're, when I'm talking about soft uh, soft rock, I'm talking about people like the Backstreet Boys, uh, New Kids on the Block. Um, They were popular during the late portion of the 1980s, around 1989. And um, I don't know, um, Britney Spears, when she was a Mouseketeer, and she got famous after that, um, after her little stint with Disney, and she came out with the I'm Not That Innocent, and then she came out with another song, can't remember off the top of my head, but all of that, I say all that to say this, that anything that does not glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and glorifies three things that the Bible talks about, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, what does music glorify? Those same three things. 
And, yeah, it doesn't have to say, oh, I love Satan, 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 you know, all that nonsense. It doesn't have to do that. These rock stars doesn't have to do that in order for them to um, glorify sin. Satan does his best work. Just like I said the last recording last week, Satan does his best work in the middle of the road. What's the middle of the road? Where uh, I talked about the unnamed principality, Nemo, which is the unnamed principality. And that's in the middle of the road. Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, um, Mary Mary, all these guys, Kirk Franklin, um, uh, Yolanda Adams, all of these individuals. Work is done in the middle of the road. And we we as Christians have to be cognizant of that. So that brings me to my main point of the evening, my main subject anyway, is Aleister Crowley. This young, this individual uh, is at the center of the whole rock or music industry. He's the patron saint of the music industry. Well, what does he have to do with music? Well, well before, before you go on, uh, that Arkansas, oh, I think Arkansas. That, Nelson, that Nelson. What's going on, fellas? What's up, bro? What's up with you? you got hey, it, Nelson, bro. how's it going? What's going on, bro? What's going on, Dave and the GT? Yo. Hey, what's going on? Yes, sir. What's going, what's going on, on, Nelson? You got what's going it, brother? On, on here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, can I um can I jump in there before you go in the go in the chat to you, David? Okay. So, the night we talking about uh, you mentioned music. Mr. Ellison Crowley, I actually got notes for all these cats and um, all these different things. But I wanted to give a solid breakdown on what music actually is first before we get, went any further. I wanted to read, like, some actual, like, English diction uh, uh, definitions, if that was okay. I'm going to give you three. Okay. I'm going to get to a quick point. So the definition of music is the art of arranging sounds in time so as to produce a continuous, unified, and, and evocative composition as through melody, harmony, rhythm, and timbre. Also, you can also define music as the following. Music is an art form consisting of sequences of sounds in time, especially tones of definite pitch organized melodically, harmonically, rhythmically, and according to tone color. And my last definition is uh, uh, music is an art of sound in time that expresses ideas and emotions in insignificant forms through elements of rhythm, melody, harmony, and dynamics. My reason for breaking down what music is is because if we didn't, if we couldn't officially uh, uh, solidify for fact what music is by itself, music appears to be a uh, 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 amalgamation of, of uh, sounds and tones, um, emotions, and ideas. I.e., when you compute, when you uh, compose music, t- depending on who, you, 
when you deal with uh, music, you think about people who write things first. Yeah, so um, or or they they uh create uh you know harmonies and melodies to to string together to make a song and they overlay it with lyrics or vice versa. You don't have to go in that order, but then you do all of those things which uh create a aesthetic feel which is aesthetically pleasing or harmonious, you know, with the combination of sounds that you arrange that along with lyrics. So. Like uh, Brother David was saying was, uh, when you look at the Bible, uh, for example, and this is my personal example, the book of Psalms is lots of lyrics or, or poetry. Um, typically, when you if you look at the very beginning, uh, right before the Psalms, typically you'll see the musician's name next to whoever wrote the lyrics, and they, they did go to music a lot of times. And... Um, a lot of things a lot of things that you need to point out or I would like to point out is the fact when dealing with music, uh, when you arrange tones in a sequence and harmonies and, and pitches and so on and so forth, then you take the 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 the, the most obvious part is the emotions or the ideas or the lyrical content which develops a, a certain level of substance. That's typically uh, in my personal opinion, what takes the neutralness out of what it is that we're talking about. Because music itself, if it's just tones, whistles, and bells, and sounds, they're just musical sounds arranged in some kind of accompaniment. But when you put things and start adding categories like types of music, genres, and things like that, things begin to get... Uh, Complicated. I mean, does that make sense to y'all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying I'm saying those things because I think that's important when you because David mentioned rock music. He mentioned Britney Spears and NSYNC and what the Backstreet mm-hmm. Boys type of groups. Those are pop music. They mm-hmm. there are when we talk about genres of music. Based in my personal opinion, based on there's levels to this. To me, an instrument, instrumental track is just an instrumental track. My personal opinion, and we can discuss, I want to get into a good discussion, so I'm, I'm, I'm saying it now so when we get to that point, we can address that. Tones and instruments can't be demonic. They're neutral. They're objects. All they are are conduits for us to use, just like electricity flows through wires. It's designed to do exactly that. My emotions is what dictate what it's going to sound like or my ideas or my creative influences is what produces uh, 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 whether or not we can consider it secular and not secular because instruments don't pick genres for you. You have to decide, one, genre is a relative term. I can say that my song song is, uh, is poetry. You can tell me based on the drums it's a rap track. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So definitions, definitions are relative on that level because you can't say what the the intent was unless it specifically speaks to it within what you see or what you hear. Like, for example, if I say my song is about the, the wheels on the bus go round and round, then we do, do we say that children's nursing rhymes are demonic? Can they be? Of course. But are they all demonic? They can't all be demonic. 
but they don't glorify God. So if it don't glorify God, it's demonic. That's kind of every. That's not a black to me. It's not a black and white thing. The whales right. on the bus, they do go round and round. It's not a lie. It's a fact. If you really want to take things down to the most extravagant complexities and anything that that is a fact, is God glorified simply because God isn't true. So I can say that it's dark outside at nighttime. That's a fact. How do I know it's a fact? One, because it's proven. It has validity. Not to mention God created the night. I mean, we could take this down, extrapolate this down to the most basic and, you know, we could take this into this this weird contextual place where it is black and white, but I don't want to say that if it doesn't glorify God. I mean, because to you, glorifying God can be um, the way it sounds. To me, glorifying God could be me. Uh, uh, divulging what's directly in my heart in all honesty because God knows all things. That doesn't mean that I can't say I'm in love with my wife over a song and then my song I'm, I can sing a song about sleeping with my wife my wife, not and it, it just be for me and her. That's biblical simply because what is it, King Solomon wrote poems that we all can read that get vulgar in terms of what he's talking about that, how is that not demonic? But then let's say, let's name a, a general group like Luther Vandross. I don't really know any of his songs. Uh, I, I'm 29. My mother and my grandmother listen to him. And my stepfather. I don't really, I don't really know all of his songs. I know maybe like ten. But his songs to me seem basic. It was about being in love. Personally, I thought he was homosexual, but that's a, a different, <laughs> a different topic. I'm just saying. If my song, can I get a woo woo woo? I didn't really hear anything that me that was innately disrespectful to God. If he wasn't married and he his song was about sleeping with a woman, of course the general consensus is fornication is a sin is a sin. But let's take it back to there were songs like to the hip hop, the hip the hip hip hop. You don't stop the rocking. I mean, that's really not nothing. Like what is he really saying? Like that's not even. I don't even know what that means. I mean, well he was. Well, he was saying that uh, it was speaking in tongues. And and no, I'm not saying that music in, in the general sense is demonic. Like, you, you, you brought up the whole idea of, you brought up nursery rhymes. Of course, they're not demonic. They, you know, like the wheels on the bus go round and round. Of course they go round and round. What do they do? Oh. They they just, it's just it. What I am saying is that the music that we've been listening to over the past I'd say 60 years. Yeah, you know, uh, there, a it's large not, portion of it is demonic. Yeah, a That's large portion of it is demonic. You, you look at people like the blue. For instance, let's just look at the blues, like Robert Johnson. Nobody knows who Robert Johnson is, but we all say that well, Elvis Presley is the king of rock and roll. No, he was not. No, it was not. Robert Johnson was. And he started it all. He started the the wheels to start turning. Uh, who mm-hmm. came up with the idea of rock and roll? Uh, it was a guy by the name of uh, Cleveland disc jockey Alan Freed. He he came up with the he didn't come up with the term rock and roll, but he kind of made it the popular. Yeah, it's supposed to be uh, sex in the back of se- the back seats of ca- uh, back seats of cars. You know, you're rocking while the uh, the car is rolling. 
And so uh, that's right. what they used as a particular genre of music, rock music, rock and roll. And it's popular even to this day. You know, uh, Mick Jagger, uh, he was uh, not a member of the Church of Satan. I'm getting confused with Bobby Bolsaleo. But um, the Rolling Stones had a lot to do with um to with uh with uh, Kenneth Kenneth Anger. Kenneth Anger was the uh de facto uh founder of the Church of Satan besides Anton LaVey. But I I'm gonna get into all that later on. But um I wanna go back to, to Aleister Crowley because he's the center of all of this. He's like the sun in the middle of the solar system. As as opposed to, you know, when it comes to rock music or music in general, uh, and a lot of even that heliocentric model. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, I was using that to kind of bring home my point, but thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Crowley uh, is known as the the most wickedest man in the world, and this was not coined. This phrase was not coined by a, a Christian. Um, philosophers. This was coined by people in Europe because uh, they kicked him out of Italy because of his hellish, his hell, uh, hellish uh, um, child sacrifice rituals. Hey, um, Dave. Uh huh. You want you want to see if any? Let's see if anybody got any questions before you uh, go I, on to I, Alex. I, I actually do. Um, I know uh, brother Darian. You, the, the, the brother Darian that was speaking early. Yeah, yeah that's it was, me, yeah. bro. What's going on, my man? Uh, no, I know, you, I, I, I know, you know, I know you had broke down, you know, what music is and 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 uh, you know uh, the different uh, elements uh, and instruments which make up, you know, the 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 tone, the, the the sounds and the tones and everything. Now, before, um, I mean, and then and then and then uh, also, you can depict the type of mood where, where uh the type of mood the music is going towards, you know what I mean? And uh like you will know what a um uh, I wouldn't say you you'll know the difference between I would say the difference between what is dark music versus, you know, a like you know, normal melody is like uh just say for instance, um when I used to watch scary movies or whatever, just like uh, the uh, instrumental to uh, uh, the exes, where you wouldn't, where 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 you wouldn't know per se uh, the tone of the music unless the author would reveal to you, okay, this is the soundtrack of the exes. You see what I'm saying? And then you would equate that to something dark. Uh, I think Brother David was uh, hinting towards uh, Alistair Crawley, but this, this and 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 also uh, I think I think well, well well before I even get there, but I think you know during uh, uh, I think you mentioned uh, something to the extent that we depict the the different tone or style that the music is going to carry. I mean, uh, I, I I guess versus um, just say for instance. You know, I play a, a a a hip. You know, you know the, the beat kind of uh, 
it, it, it's kind of on a, on a dance tune, you would automatically think dance. You know what I mean? Right. It you know it'll set the pace and the tone to what the audience is gravitating towards. Uh, if I play something on uh, relative what to what we know is rock and roll, like you mentioned, the different genres, your mind already goes to okay, this is rock pop. You know what I'm saying? They already mm-hmm. start classifying the different types of genre genre of music. But I think what 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 happened was even with the music, you know, uh it's just like uh in the in the book of Psalms, you know, David David uh 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 was a great musician. We can all agree on that. And then plus um the uh not not only was the the uh the the melody that he played was was beautiful but the lyrical content as well. Uh right. I think it was one one verse in the Bible to where I think it was it the King Solomon where he was vexed and he uh-huh. had this spirit upon him and yeah. he, and he's and he and he, and he the lyrics of the music loved him you know, loved him to sleep. He was at peace. You know, he right. had peace. Um now I think what Alistair Crowley did was he understood what the lyrical content would heighten even the melody of it. You know what I'm saying? Uh and, and to even with this twisted uh uh backwards wordplay and you know what I'm saying, he, he knew the 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 content and the connotation of words and and, and he knew wordplay where he can manipulate it like um say for instance um um it's an old song uh 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 puff the magic dragon well mm-hmm. any kid would even think that okay this talking about a big dragon and you know but there's a hidden message behind it you see what i'm saying and right. it's actually talking about smoking weed you know what i mean Oh, so wow. every, everybody that's yeah, so everybody that's hip on you know the hippie era knows okay we talking about we finna get high yeah um, mm-hmm. all you gotta do is just look at the title you know plus right. the magic dragon right and so, right and uh, then I, I I'm sorry no go ahead go ahead because you want oh to yeah and then, and then the, and then the so further further to, to solidify you know what David was talking about. By Alistair Crowley, you know he he was so wicked, you know, and new sorcery and everything that they came up with the term backmasking, to where mm-hmm. you can play the music backwards and it would give you uh, another message. Clearly, uh, another message. Like for as uh, one of Jay Z's songs, he came out. I think he was, you know, he was talking about Christ, and I mean, well, no, no, he. It, I, uh, it, it, it's it, I forgot the name of the song. I knew the name of the song. But and when you play the sun of the morning, right, right, and, and, and when you play it backwards, this well, no, actually, this one said it, it, it quoted out six, 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 murder, murder, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So yep. he he knew the magic, the actual magic behind, you know, backmass, and it's a lot of artists. That, I mean, you can backmass Rihanna music. Uh, um uh Chris Brown I mean it's a lot of them uh, um uh Rick Ross 
It's crazy, man. Yeah, you he, know, but he he actually just went beyond, you know, uh, the normal wordplay of music into okay, I can backmask this thing and it'll give you a message from Satan. Let me uh let me throw something in there to you. Um, so you mentioned in the beginning. I'm just gonna go straight down your whole comments and try to make it quick because I want I know DD got some things that that that's gonna cover exactly what you're talking about. Okay, so. Check this out, y'all. You mentioned the different – when I mentioned the different genres, you said you could tell by the, the way it sounds, the uh, – you can probably dance to this and this song as a slow song. Right. It's about tempo and pitch. And the right, dynamic. Right. And you know what? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, uh, 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 when, you, when you listen to the beat, because just right off the bat, you know, we are – I mean, we – well, now – you know, back then it wasn't no really just classification of music back then, but you can tell from the the lyrics of the artist or whoever's composing the music, okay, well, this song is about praise or this song is about, you know, uh worship or right. or, or battles that was fought and you, you know can we hear won. It in the, right. You can hear it in the song. You, you can hear it in the, the song. Tempo. The speed, right. you know, it, the tempo is literally the speed at which a passage of music, you know, should be played at. Like, if mm-hmm. I wanted to make a prayer song, you can't handle a real fast beat. It's going, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. right. And, then, and then here's the other thing about that. You can't have it real bassy evil. Like, you know what I'm talking about? The pitch, tempo and pitch. <laughs> and, you know, you know right. pitch is like, the perceptual property of the sound, you know, which right. allows the ordering of the specific frequency on a related scale. So right, right. you know, higher or lower, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's associated mm-hmm. with the melody. So exactly. have you ever seen like Lion King when Star was yeah. ready to throw uh, Mufasa out the out the canyon? He was, yeah. they played that, da, 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 you know, real deep. <laughs> you, you, you know when something gangster ready happened. You know something about to happen, right. Yeah, and then when something, well, you know, I just can't wait to be king. You know, he was all <laughs> swaggy. He, he thought yeah. he was lit. He was, he was gassed up. Like, you know, he did it, did it, You know, it was, it was, oh, yeah. it was smooth. It wasn't too aggressive. It was mm-hmm. lighthearted. And you get yeah. that from the tempos and the pitch. Now, what you said about words, and this is important, as uh, David begins to talk about uh, Alice Charlie, I might, I, I got a few little points that I know he's going to drop. I know he's going to drop them points. I'll wait for yeah. him, and then I'll just wait my turn. But um, <laughs> wordsmith, the terminology wordsmith comes to mind. And, not, uh, and, and the thing with music, because there are so many different types of rappers and lyrical people, yeah. a wordsmith is a, a person that is skilled, a skilled user of words, meaning that I can say I can make it rain. Hold on, you know, Uh-huh. And so, I'll be right you know, back. Yes, sir. Raining. Rain is a word that has multiple spellings with multiple meanings. Rain in terms of precipitation, you know, rain from heaven or rain, R-E-I-G-N, you know what I mean, which by definition is completely different. And I can say it's rain, you know, it's about to rain, or there's going to be a change in the rain, 
you might be thinking forecast, you know, when when I'm really thinking about regime, you know what I mean? And I think that it's important to know because in terms of, and I I know that there will be an opportunity to talk about the differences in um, uh, light and dark because as, when these occult practices, when these uh, occult practices jump out there, they typically uh, give you one meaning. They want you to think that it's this beautiful, lighthearted thing. When on the back end, they really talking about uh, like rain versus rain and the period dawn, which a sovereign rule versus the perception, I mean precipitation. And so what happens is um, a lot of people don't realize they may be saying one thing when they're thinking of the word. It's not what the artist or the person who created the lyric had in mind. But because it sounded the same, you equated rain versus uh, something rule like Charles I or, or any of the, any kingship or whatever who had dominion. And people missed the whole point. And a lot of people, especially in the time of Alistair Crawley, who brought being a wordsmith to the table, that's why you got to pay attention to the lyrics. A lot of times people gloss over that just for the a flashy beat, but I digress. Dave, back yeah. to you. <laughs> uh, well, well, thank you there for uh, that um, that uh, dissertation, Darian. You, uh, it's it's very much appreciated, and I'm not being sarcastic. Um, no, no, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, Aleister Crowley was a master at that. He was the master Satanist. Uh, a lot of people that knew Crowley said that. Um, he was called. He called himself the Beast, and he was born in 1875. And um, he was like the Rolling Stones. He rebelled against the small, regulated, small town. Uh, he rebelled against a regular, a regulated small town background. He was raised in Warwickshire. Warwickshire, I think it's in Leamington, Warwickshire, which is, I think, is in England. And his parents were a part of a fundamentalist Christian sect known as the Strict Brethren. Uh, from an early age, Crowley identified himself with the enemies of God in the Bible stories that were read to him. In particular, he identified with the beast or the Antichrist predicted in the book of Revelation. In 1898, he joined the Hermetic or the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. And he also joined a secret society called the Ordo Templi Orientis, O-T-O for short, and it was, of course the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn was a magical society, and most of Crowley's adult life was dedicated to indulging in everything that he believed God would hate, which is performing sex magic, which he did in his okay. uh, temple called the Abbey of Philema, which is a song sung by Marilyn Manson. Um, he took heroin, opium, hashish, a lot of the opiates, you know, hashish and opium is, well, hashish is a opiate derivative, opium, well, enough said about that, that's a, a heroin or it's a opiate, a opiate uh, derivative, and heroin, well, you know what heroin is, uh, peyote and cocaine, all of the, cocaine is a, of course, you know what cocaine is, it's a, it's a, a stimulant, and invoking spirits, 
and even offering himself to the Russian authorities to help destroy Christianity. He wrote volumes of books that he believed were dictated to him by a spirit from an ancient Egypt or ancient Egyptian uh, deity known as Iwas. To worship me, he said, take wine and strange drugs. Uh, the spirit conveniently told him, well, this is what the spirit told him to do, to, if you want to worship me, take wine and strange drugs. Lust, enjoy all things of sense and rapture. In other words, enjoy, of, enjoy things of all of the five senses. Fear not that any God shall deny thee of this. So Satanists believe that God of the Bible, the God that we serve, is trying to prevent us from enjoying the things that these bodies, these physical bodies that we were made with to enjoy, sex, drugs, alcohol, you know, all things of indulgence. And this is what uh, Satanists believe. They say, the Satanists believe that they are the, the, the captains of their own ship, and they're their own gods, and they make their own rules, and they can do whatever it is that they want. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. This is what he taught. And so let me go on. Alistair's father, or Crowley's father, Edward, was a brethren preacher, but he had inherited a fortune from his father, Crowley Ale. Uh, Edward, who died when Alistair was 11, and, his, and the son inherited the fortune. From 12, Crowley was an heroin addict and a sex pervert. He was a sexual pervert. Uh, he was a homosexual, actually, and he was a pedophile. Uh, his Christian mother referred to him as the great beast of Revelation, whose number is 666, and he was pleased with the title. He was convinced that he was the, re the reincarnation of the magical, the magician Eliathus Levi, who was the founder of the upside-down uh, star, or the pentagram, uh, who died the year of, that Crowley was born. Crowley also believed he had other lies, or Eliathus Levi also drew the Baphomet picture. Crowley also believed that he had lived other lives, including that of Pope Alexander IV. Crowley, I'm sorry, the sixth. <clears throat> Crowley claimed that dark powers gave him the words to the Book of the Law. His first wife, Rose, died in the mental asylum. His second wife also went insane. Five mistresses committed suicide, and scores of his concubines ended up in the gutter as alcoholics, drug addicts, or in mental institutions. And you can find all this information in Hellhounds on their trail, page 56. In 1922, Crowley published Diary of a Drug Fiend, which was about the use of cocaine. He described the widespread use of cocaine amongst Hollywood stars, which he described as cocaine-crazed sexual lunatics. As noted, Crowley died a wasted heroin addict given to rages and doubts. His last words were, Quote, I am perplexed, unquote. Crowley worshipped the demon god Pan, and, and the demon god Pan is the same character that is in C.S. Lewis's story, Pan's Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he is, of course, you know him as the god of sexuality <clears throat> and lust. Uh, by the way, I want you to, um, before I continue on, the song sung by Led Zeppelin, uh, Stairway to Heaven 
is gives credence to the god Pan. Um, the the pipe or the song where where it says, "Dear lady, can you hear the wind blow?" And did you know your the piper is jo- is calling you to join him? Well, who's the piper? It's the god Pan, the demon god Pan. I'm pretty sure you've heard of the, the pi- pie piper. Uh, yeah, that's where they get that from. That's the god, the demon god Pan. So uh, that's where Led Zeppelin got that from, and that's what that song means. Uh, so the god of sexuality and lust. Okay, his quote hymn to Pan quote unquote was read at his funeral, and it says, and I quote. I rave and I rape, I ri- and I rip and I rend, everlasting world without end, unquote. Crowley believed in human sacrifice, I've already said that, and said, quote, a, ma- a made child of perfect innocence is the most suitable victim. So he believed in child sacrifice. That's where uh, he, that's where he did all of his, hel- uh, you know, his hellish um, sac, uh, his rituals at the Abbey of Thelema, which is a temple, I believe it was in England, if I'm not mistaken, or it might have been in Egypt, I'm not sure where it was, but um, it's a temple, and um, that's where he committed all of his um, sex magic rituals, and so they kicked him, no, it was in Italy, I'm sorry, and so when they found out about it, when the Italian government found out about it, they kicked him out, and that's where he was dubbed the wickedest man that ever lived. The wickedest, the wickedest man in the world because he was so evil that they kicked him out of, of Italy. And so, uh, and by the way, the Abbey of the Lima is a song sung by, guess who? Marilyn Manson. Mm-hmm. So let me continue on here. The disturbing thing about all this is the way many famous and influential people have embraced this man and his teachings. I've already already noted guitarist Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin is a devout follower of Satanist Aleister Crowley, who proclaimed himself as the B666. His mother actually gave him that title, but Aleister Crowley was also a 33rd degree and a 97th degree Freemason and is recognized as the master Satanist of the 20th century. I've already explained all that. 1971, guitarist and lead, uh, well, he was kind of like the founder of Led Zeppelin, the group. Jimmy Page bought Crowley's Boleskine house on the shore of Loch Ness where Crowley actually performed um, his hellish satanic sex magic rituals, including human sacrifices. I already talked about that. Uh, Jimmy Page actually performed Crowley's magical rituals during their concerts. Uh, look this up on YouTube. Um, it's the same thing, the same ritual that Crowley performed and the same ritual that Anton LaVey performed as well. Uh, their song, Stairway to Heaven, carries the same reference, carries the reference May Queen, which is purportedly the name of a hideous poem written by Crowley. Uh, Page had inscribed in the vinyl of their album Led Zeppelin Three Crowley's, Crowley's famous "Do What Thou Wilt." To be her because I could. So moted. Okay, she was. You know, and I was like in this. 
All righty then. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so Modi D. Hey, hey, I think uh, by trying to come through, man. Yeah, I think her. Uh, I think she's like going in and out. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, she might be still on the phone with her mom. But um, by the way, the the quote or the phrase "so mote it be" is pretty popular amongst witches, uh, people in witchcraft. That's the blessing that they give during their rituals. So, uh, by the way, uh, so let me go on here. Paige and Robert Plant claim some of the Zeppelin songs came through occultic automatic handwriting. Now, I'm going to stop here and I'm going to talk about that because it's very important. Some of the songs, or most of them, that are recorded in the studio or wherever is done. And you, you hear a lot of artists claim to say in their interviews that they don't write their songs. Somebody does it for them. You hear Beyonce say that I don't sing. I can't sing. I can't dance. You know, I'm pretty shy. I'm pretty re- reserved. And I remember out, you know, holding my hands up and I felt something come into me. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I heard uh, Biggie Smalls, you know, before he was killed, uh, when they got into the game, when him and uh, I think it was Jay-Z, when they were young in the, in the game, I guess you might want to say, so to speak, and they were meeting, they met each other for the first time, and Jay-Z says, well, yeah, I'm into this stuff and all this, and I don't write, and guess what Biggie said? I don't write either. I don't write this stuff down. So where are they getting this stuff from? And then when they do write it down, they don't know where it came from. Man, I don't know where this stuff comes from, man. I just sat down and started writing. Or, this is another thing. Man, I got high or I can't. Nothing. None of these ideas are coming to me. Let me get some weed. Bring out the weed. Let's break out the weed. Let's just get this done. So they do that. I was uh, at a friend's house 10 years ago. And, you know, he's an artist working on, we were working on characters and we were listening, well, he was listening to uh, a guy by the name of Eminem. And he says, he was talking about the last portion of the phrase that he, uh, Eminem kept using in the song, smoking and thinking. And I'm saying to myself, well, why does he keep saying that? And then he, he uh, then my friend said, man, you'd be surprised how many ideas would come to you if you, uh, uh, smoke a little weed, dude. Just just smoke a little weed, and some of the ideas that you'll come up with, man, they'll be crazy. And I thought about it, and I'm saying, well, why would he be telling me this? So this is what they do, for the most. Some sometimes some uh, artists will do that. Some artists will will uh, do drugs. I explained this uh, last week on the recording. I explained that some artists will use drugs. And in, in Galatians 5, the word sorcery is not witchcraft. The word sorcery there is used in the Greek, pharmakeia, which we get our English word, pharmacy, drugs. So drug abuse, drug uh, use uh, is very, very, very um, uh, popular with musicians. Um, and, and I'm looking at right here, uh, I'm looking at an article 
I'm looking at the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And um, by the way, the, the site is www.jesus-is-savior.com. And I want you to look at is under Rock and Roll and Crowley's Influence. And I'm looking at all of these individuals that were in the um the on the the um the album and the Beatles said that these people are individuals that they all looked up to called the Magic Crowd and in the front of the uh, of the album is of course the Beatles John Lennon Ringo Starr Paul McCartney and George Harrison now, I want you, now, if you're looking at the article, I want you to pay close attention to who these people are that they all looked up to. Uh, guy, a woman by the name of Jane Mansfield, she was an actress back in the 60s, and she was a member of the Church of Satan. And you have uh, Carl Jung, who was an occultist. Uh, of course, you've heard of Jungian psychology. Um, you, you, Karl Marx... Uh, on the right-hand corner, or the left-hand corner, I should say, you have Aleister Crowley. And you have all of the, um, you have um, a guy by the name of William Burroughs who murdered his wife in a demonic, drunken rage. Um, you have um, Julian Huxley, who wrote Brave New World. Um, I think that might be Aldous Huxley, if I'm not mistaken. I might, Julius or Aldous Huxley, I'm not sure if who, because they look alike. But uh, you have all of these individuals from the East who, who the Beatles brought in over here, um, all of these uh, Eastern gurus that taught Eastern myth, uh, mysticism. Beatles brought them over here. And Hinduism and yoga... Um, was made popular by the Beatles. And so they celebrated drug use. They celebrated um, LSD was their drug of choice. And, and I'm pretty sure if you study the 60s, the 1960s was uh, an era where Alistair, oh, a lot of Crowleyan principles were being acted out, were being uh, implemented. So everybody was saying, do what you want to do, do what you, you know, just do what you want to do as long as you don't hurt anybody. So the 60s was, and I'm going to say this, Crowley was the founding father of the 1960s countercultural movement. He really changed the landscape of the countercultural movement in the 60s. We had 1969, you had... Woodstock, 1969, you had the publication of the Church of Satan. You, uh, well, not the Church of Satan, the Satanic Bible. Um, so all of this stuff was implemented. All of these ideas, all of Crowley's ideas were implemented during that decade. That's why people call them, you know, the 1960s, the turbulent 60s, because all of uh, his ideas were being pushed by musicians like the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, uh, bands like, uh, I don't know, Elvis, people like Elvis Presley. <clears throat> okay, so I digress. Uh, well, I don't digress, but it has everything to do with what I'm talking about. But let me continue on here. The cover of the Sgt. Pepper's 
already already told you about that. Uh, The Beatles, uh, well, okay, let me scroll down here. The Beatles testified that the characters who appeared on the album were their heroes. I already told you about that. By the way, Adolf Hitler was supposed to be on the cover, but he was, but uh, John Lennon removed him because it was too uh, controversial. It was too much of a controversial figure, so he was taken off the cover. But he was on there. Um, John Lennon explained to Playboy magazine, quote, the whole Beatles idea was to do what you want. Remember what I told you about five minutes do ago? What I will. Yep, do what thou wilt, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. And, quote, quote, this was John Lennon cited by Gerald uh, David Sheff, the Playboy interviews with John Lennon and Yoko Ono. By the way, Yoko Ono was a witch, and I believe she had something to do with his death, but I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna get into that later on. All right, well, <clears throat> hold up for a second. All right, so pretty much we've made, we've made the connection that Alice Crowley was an evil person. And his influence seems to uh, be over the whole spectrum of of music, at least in the industry. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So uh, how much more are you going to go on, Alex, Alex Crowley? Because uh, I know uh, the reason why I'm asking is because Darian, he showed me a video, and I'm going to let him talk about that. Uh, okay. Show me a video of a, of a guy who is part of the hip-hop genre who has given credit. You might have seen it on the uh, on the post. He's given credit to Alice Crowley. Yeah, I saw hmm. that video. I had to turn it down because he was kind of talking loud. But uh, yeah, check it out. Is it, is it is it still up? The video still up? Yeah, it's still up. Okay, okay. I'll check it out after this. But yeah, he uh he pretty much he pretty much just gave honor to um Alex Crowley. Mm-hmm. And for the people for the people that's listening and the people who want to listen later, uh the main point concerning Alex Crowley and this whole topic here is to show how in not just in hip-hop, not just in rock and roll, but in a lot of different genres of music, at least that I know of here in America, um, within the industry, is used, it, it, it incorporates some of the occult practices uh, that Alex Crowley was associated with. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, Crowley said in one of his books, I think it was either Magic Theory and Practice, that um, everyone is a star. So uh, if you want to be a musician, if you want to be a genius in music, you have to implement my magical principles. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's what they're doing. Right. Now, 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 Dave, uh, in the beginning, now you was um, you brought up, and I just want to try to cover everything that everybody's been saying. You brought up about grieving the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of Christians, we ask we ask ourselves, you know, what should we 
or shouldn't we be listening to? You know what I'm saying? Like, I could be listening to, like, some dubstep while I'm working out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And every once in a while, uh, you know what I'm saying, they got the chorus in the background. And every once in a while, a cuss word will pop up. Boom. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like man, it's a, good, it's a good one, too. But, you know what I'm saying, I, you know, I ignore it and I, I keep working out because I know the song is about to go off. And so another one comes up and it's good. And so you get every once in a while, you'll have some songs come up on dubstep that has some crazy stuff in it. All right. Um, me, the way I look at it is like it could be drowned out. Well, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm convicted when I hear the cuss word, you know what I'm saying? But imagine if, you know what I'm saying, dubstep started putting more cuss words in it, and I'm still sitting there like, yeah, I'm going to listen to it because it makes me hype while I'm listening, wait, can't nobody touch me, you know what I'm saying? I'm 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 uh-huh. I'm, I'm Superman, can't touch me. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so uh what I'm looking at is like as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit in us. And I'm gonna come back to this whole thing about the Holy Spirit being in us. Um when we see or hear things that is not that is not con- that is contrary, that is actually contrary to the Word of God and what we've learned about God. The Holy Spirit convicts us. But we know that if we don't listen or we don't respond to the Holy Spirit, what happens is that, you know what I'm saying, that little still voice you hear in your ear telling you about yourself and start to quiet down. <clears throat> and I think this is dangerous because. It puts us. It puts us into a very compromised position, where you you don't you don't hear the voice of the Lord anymore because you're pretty much ignoring Him. You're not listening to the Lord when He's convicting you. And the one thing that came to my mind, the scripture here is uh, Romans one twenty eight. This is what it says. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit. I can't say this. Yeah. Malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boisterous, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, implacable, unmerciful, who, knowing the judgment of God, and they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So here I am convicted because I'm in this category at the end because I'm taking pleasure not in doing the things that these guys are rapping about, but I'm I'm taking pleasure in them doing it. You see what I'm saying? So I just wanted to uh, cover that part what Dave was talking about and this thing about music. And I think a very important question that we have to ask ourselves, like what type of music should we be listening to because uh, what is it doing to us as we're listening to it? And 
Are we convicted when we look at certain stuff, we look at certain videos, when we listen to certain types of music? Uh, in some cases, yes. In other cases, no, depending on what type of music it is. Now, Dave also brought up uh, Aaliyah. Age ain't nothing but a number, right? So mm-hmm. who, who was behind that? R. Kelly. Now, we know yep. R. Ke- R. Kelly pointing out the fact that you said, uh, yeah, and this is, this is well known. They was married at one time. Mm-hmm. She, she was underage. Mm-hmm. And R. Kelly has a sexual video with an underage girl. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the message in that song, age ain't nothing but a number, I don't know how the rest of how the rest of you all look at it, but after hearing about his little trial and his sexual videos and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, every time I hear that song on the radio now, or when you know when you hear it, and I'm thinking about, oh man, he went he done went through all this stuff with Aaliyah, Aaliyah dies, and then soon later this man he's getting in trouble with another girl and this little girl and all this other stuff. All I can think about is that the message in that song, he's singing, and I'm saying to myself, wow, he got this girl singing. It's okay for her to be with the older man. Yeah. And at that point in time when that song came out, now I don't know the statistics or anything like that, but uh, I'm looking, I'm, I'm thinking like, I heard I've heard a lot of females, young females, say age ain't nothing but a number. I've heard a lot of males say that age ain't nothing but a number. Is because they heard the song? I don't know. But with the message in the song was was that it was okay for an underage person to be with somebody way, way older than them. Way, way older. Now, me and Darian talked about uh this earlier, and me and Dave talked about this too, about the tone of the song. And, you know, this is where I've been, this is where my mind has been concerning this topic because I'm trying to get down to the science with it in a, in a sense and looking at the tone of the song. Uh, the song, Eight Ain't Nothing But a Number, because uh, this is something else we're going we're gonna to run into later on because we already talked about the melody, the tempo, and things of that nature. None of us, I mean, well, all of us actually, all of us agree that music does something to us. It makes us, is that, uh, Adrian, is that you again? My husband came on. No, okay, all right. But we all agree that... If y'all can say amen, if y'all agree that music does something to us. Amen. Okay. Amen. Okay. So we agree. We agree there. So, and this is what I was trying. What I'm trying to figure out. Like, they know that the music does something to you. So in this song, Asian, but a number there's a calm and a sort of kind of erogenous type melody with the song. Now it's like, you know what I'm saying, now you have the words. So the music is there calming you down, got you opened up for the kill. So 
that makes me think, like, what's the purpose of the music? What's the purpose of the music? And I think I asked this uh, earlier to Darren, like, is it, you know, the person who's creating the music, do they already have this in mind? Like, uh, you know, what, like, again, what is the purpose of the music? And it's the writers and everybody who is uh, involved in the making of the music when we're talking about uh, within the industry. Um, or a person who creates their own songs, what is their state of mind when they create the music? And we can go in so many different directions with that, but I believe, as I was telling Darian earlier, that the person's state of mind who's writing the music, the person's state of mind who is creating the beats, their intent should also be taken into account for the for the uh, the final results of the song, if you see what I'm saying. Then you got to worry about the listener's perspective. Like, okay, we don't make music. I don't make music. But, okay, my intent, my state of mind when I go to the gym, I'm going to keep using this. When I go to the gym, I want to be hyped. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to throw up this weight. I'm trying to do as many reps as I can. So my intent is to get a good workout. Uh, if I was having dinner or uh, having company over, I would probably play some relaxing music. Or if I'm working in the office, I'll play uh, Mozart or Beethoven because I know that the music is going to do something, either relax me, get me hyped, or, you know, if I'm trying to love on the wife and play some nice slow song, you know what I'm saying? So we know that the music does something, but what is what is our intent? What is our intent? Or the listener's intent, again, for somebody who's going to the club, who, you know, a person who's not saved or whatever, they're not saying they ain't. They what they listening to? They listening to something uh, that's gonna hype them up. But the message and the content, uh, or the message within the context of the music and the beat, while they're going bunch of hard bass, uh, it can be a slow a slow tempo, but it have an aggressive beat with it. Me and Darren talked about that earlier. So again, so the music and then the the uh, the 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 words that go with the music, but I believe that the music is being used to set the people or set somebody up. And 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 I when I say set somebody up, I don't mean like in a bad way or uh, just mainly in a bad way. What I'm saying is just is to set get you set up in a particular type of mood uh, for a particular or for a specific reason. Uh, again, now, who brought up Luther Vandross? I did. Uh, okay. Okay. So it's a, known, it's, it's, it's a well-known fact now. You know what I'm saying? Luther Vandross, he was gay. He was gay. Now, uh, please give me one title of one of his songs, uh, Nelson, if you, know, if you know one off the top of your head. Um, let me see. Uh, uh, uh. 
Can I take you out tonight? Okay. Can I take you out tonight? Now, here's my thing. Back then, when that song was played, you know, the men and the women, it was like a like a mutual thing. You know, oh, it's a nice song. You know, hey, you know, make a man feel like, hey, girl, can, can I take you out tonight? Yeah. Girl, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> when you come to the realization that this man was a homosexual, that he was gay, <laughs> now it makes you think differently about the song that he was singing. Change the whole ballpark. Right. Change the whole game. Like that song, can I, can I take you out? I'm, oh, can I take you out? He's he's telling he's asking a man can he take him out? <laughs> so that puts a whole different perspective on this song now. Again, like just like age ain't nothing but a number. I'm like dog, yo now now they're singing. Uh, I mean now when I think about the song, age ain't nothing but a number. Right, he's saying it's okay yeah. to sleep with children. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, can I ask so, a question? And, and look, sometimes, sometimes I'll, play, I'll play slow songs, like 90s R&B and stuff, because uh, it puts me in the mood for my wife and all that. Uh, but when one of his songs come up, delete, 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 <laughs> block, 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 block. Hey, 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 uh, GT, GT. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You want to say this? I'm all for laughing on this point because it was funny, but I do got to be honest on the song. He do, he do refer to a female, the whole song. He said, she caught me by surprise. I must say, cause I never have seen such a pretty face. So on and so, so on and so far. And then in the hook is, excuse me, miss, but what's mm-hmm. your name? Where are you right. from? Can I come up? He is yeah. talking about a female. I don't yeah. think he even wrote the lyrics. I'm not sure uh, he wrote the Actually, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Somebody uh, else wrote the lyrics. Yeah, somebody else wrote the lyrics. He just sung the song. He just did the song. Right. Right. So, and a lot now, of, but, <clears throat> so, but that's what, but that's what but, I'm uh, saying. Like, like, his intent, he ain't attracted to no woman. He's just singing a song. It was all in it. But you got to remember, that's what entertainment is. It's not really people make stuff just to make it now. Like, you write right. a book or you like it's like certain things. I can't blame him. I mean, it was a hit. Whoever came up, like Smokey Robinson, made a lot of hits, and he didn't sing them himself. He made a lot. Right. Smokey Robinson made a lot of hits. He got a lot of artists that got that have ghostwriters. What they call ghostwriters, there. Right. Right. So, yeah, just like with and, books, and so you have authors that have ghostwriters. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so. Well, yeah, but all and I agree with that, hundred percent. And uh, yeah, and I also knew that he that you know a woman because I remember the video. But yeah, I mean, I know I know one song that was a well that was a dead giveaway for me. Y'all remember the kid and play um, uh, house party? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. When when he was sneaking out his uh, dad's uh, um, window. When, when uh-huh. he said his bedroom wanted to go to a party and dad told him not to go. Uh, yeah. This song, Bad Boy. Yeah, that 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 was a that was a giveaway for me because he was talking about this dude sneaking out his house or sneaking out his window to come quote unquote party with him. 
Right. Yeah, that's gay. That sounds gay. Yeah, yeah that, that was a wrap for me, man. Yeah. But you know what? I was just thinking no I dropped my nugget. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I, I just want to go back for a second just to bring it back to this. Put that pen in it. All right, so one okay. of the things that David was talking about, well, Alistair Crawley, that I'm not sure if it came across and it clearly was the fact that one of the biggest things that uh, Alistair Crawley is known for is magic. Magic. M A G I C, and he added a K. He wanted to differentiate between magicians like, like, uh, David, like David Copperfield, because you can't slide his hand. You know, people yeah, slide his hand. Yeah, type of stuff. He wanted people right. to know. He wanted people to know that he was the real McCoy. Like he mm-hmm. wanted people to know that he was really that life. He was he was doing rituals. He was satanic. Like he wanted people to know that he was really out here. And so, mm-hmm. when a lot of people when they mention Alice Crawley don't realize. And like uh, David ran through a lot of his rap sheets. For for those who don't know what a rap sheet is, I mean his resume. I, I got to make sure I'm politically. I, 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 I get it. You know, you know his his resume. His resume. It, he was a magician, and a lot of the homosexual stuff he did was sex magic. Yeah, he did not. He also did like Wingardium Leviosa type stuff, like Harry Potter type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You just don't need a staff yep. or a wand. And so, let me go back real far back to the Bible. In the Bible, in the book of Genesis, because keep in mind, Alistair Crowley is a occult practitioner, meaning that he practices and he operates within the dark arts. Where do the dark arts come from? Magic. Where does magic come from? The Tower of Babel, or, or that sequence from the Babylon, Tower of Babel, Babylon sequence, from Nimrod, uh, 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 Simi Ram and, and, and their son, whatever his name is. It, uh, I can't think of his name. Tammuz or something like that. Uh, uh, Tammuz and, was one of his names when uh, when Semiramis Sim, uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, claimed that he that he had came back to life and impregnated her. And so now he was, well, actually he was the sun god Ra or Saul. Then he came back, he was Tammuz. Then he was, uh, I don't know. Uh, he was, um, all right. Taurus. Marduk. He was a lot of random gods. Well, according to the legend, um, Nimrod supposedly died. Samarimus got pregnant with an illegitimate child, and in order to cover up her illegitimacy or her her her, her adultery, uh, what she did was lied and said that Nimrod had, she deified Nimrod as a sun god and said that his rays impregnated her with his son, and his son Tammuz was supposed to be a reincarnation of Nimrod himself. Um Magic, yeah, magic supposedly came from the Tower of Babel, but mm-hmm. you know, you know me, I'm into uh, a lot of these apocryphal books, 
And in Enoch, Enoch states that yeah, you ain't like this, was before, this, this was before before the flood. Enoch states that the the women whom the angels took as wives, they taught the women how to work roots and all types of spells, and they became right. what we call witches. And so yeah, apparently. Apparently, that knowledge passed over into the post-flood world uh, when one of the sons of, uh, I think it was Ham, or I think it was, was one, of, one of Ham's sons found a tablet. No, actually, it was one of Shem's sons who found a tablet belonging to the Watchers or these fallen angels. And next thing you know, you know what I'm saying, he started incorporating what he learned from what was written on those on those tablets, and then we have Nimrod. Uh, so it was like a gradual, a, a gradual uh, falling away from God as time went on after the flood, especially when that guy found found that tablet. Uh, but go ahead. Oh, let, me, um, uh, let me. I'm sorry. Can, can, can I interrupt for a second? Let me. Let me ask you this: uh, is, is this what the inner? Okay, because. Um, I'm glad you you mentioned that uh, uh, about the uh, uh, fallen angels, and you know they they uh, came to the uh, the women, <clears throat> but uh, and, and then also I know uh, yeah, because I I read a little bit about this, and I think this is where the, uh, the Kabbalah mysticism fall in when you when, and, and and actually oh, yeah. the roots of what masonry because uh, you know they they was talking about. Um, <clears throat> uh, this supposed to be quote unquote uh Solomon's ring and uh it's supposed to will you know uh power uh, uh of the five elements of the earth mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> and um you know whoever possess it you know was you know supposed to be you know be powerful whatever but uh yeah I, I was saying uh uh like with the the Kabbalah, uh, I'm trying to say it, it, this is where the root of where Kabbalah mysticism come in. That you know, a lot of it, 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 you come yeah. across a Mason or whatever, they can get uh-huh. yeah, yeah. The Kabbalah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's true. Like the Kabbalah, the Kabbalah is real. Um, it, it's it's that's exactly what it is. It's ancient mysticism. And I believe it also dates back to um, the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they all do. Huh? I was saying they all do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, now with Kabbalah, with the Kabbalah, we can see. Okay, for instance, like Kabbalah uses real magical spells. Like, uh, for instance, the people who practice this uh, dark art. As a matter of fact, they've written. Uh, Kabbalists, they've written extra, how do I say, extra books accrediting them to Moses when it actually not is not Moses at all, but they're called the extra five books of Moses. Huh. And yeah, I I got my hands on this book when I was probably just getting out of high school and. 
I was like, man, this stuff is crazy. It was it was the Kabbalah. I didn't even know it at the time. It had the cube and all this other stuff. But yeah, what I, what I saw, and uh, and a guy named Ralph Epperson, another you know, that's one of my favorite authors, and uh, in his book, I actually got one of his books. I'm trying to think of which book it was, but the way they described how the Kabbalah works. You have an image and a circle. Both circles must be completely equal. They must be the same. And what they do is they draw one image in this circle and draw another image in the other circle. And in Mm -hmm. order for them to activate it, I don't know the principles behind it and all that, but when you place the circle on top of the other circle, it's supposed Mm -hmm. to create a particular type of image that over time, it's supposed to come to pass. It's supposed to manifest some way, somehow. Almost like That's people crazy. take voodoo doll and they yeah. put the name, they take that. Yeah, this is how the Kabbalah and one aspect of it works. So how do we know that this is, you know, what's the evidence behind this? Well, again, our government is, you know, pretty much like, pretty much, made up of Kabbalists, ancient mysticism, Freemasonry, Illuminati, do they use these type of spells and these type of this type of sorcery? I believe they do because I believe so too. until nine eleven happened, we had no idea that as a matter of fact, the only way when they cre- when they created these new dollar bills, these new fives, tens, twenties 50, Stick a pen on nine eleven. I wanna, I wanna, yeah, I wanna pick it back on there too. Yeah, I'm glad like, you had something. Yeah, no, so, go ahead. You know, when you when you fold that dollar a certain kind of way, you would see that image on there in a chronological order. So the Kabbalists or the the the, the hidden hand of this government did they have? Uh, I know this is getting a little into the conspiracy part of it, but did they use uh, sorcery to cause this stuff to manifest itself? And it, I believe, I believe like, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's but that's just and like for instance on the one dollar bill, and this too has now this has been with us for a while. Ever since they put the pyramid and that eagle on the back of that um on the back of that dollar bill, you fold it a certain way. And you mm-hmm. put it together, and what you see is that bird flying into the pyramid. So what does foreknowledge. that represent? Foreknowledge. Huh? That's right. foreknowledge. See, that's why I said. See, see, a lot of the people. I said, oh, I said, uh, well, between the music, the music industry, our government, um, uh, TV. I believe. I mean, and, 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 I mean, because uh, you got like uh, Madonna. She she practiced Kabbalah. She's Kabbalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Britney Spears. I, I believe a lot of the actors and uh, uh, people that's in the music industry <clears throat> practice Kabbalism. Uh, mm-hmm. Just say, for instance, uh, I'm glad you mentioned 9-11. Okay, uh, this is before everything went down. Uh, Prince was at his concert and, 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 and just spilled the beans. Uh, this was like Five years before nine eleven even happened, and said, "Oh, Osama, where, where, where he, he, where he, 
he gave like certain stuff, but he said, oh, something's been like getting ready to bomb. And this happened on the same date, 9-11, when he did the concert, too, as a matter of fact. Mm. <clears throat> See, uh, the thing is, they have certain foreknowledge before we we, we even get. And then uh, a couple years uh, after that, the movie A Long Kiss Goodnight came out and and spilled the beans. Uh, Bart Simpson, that's you know the 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 uh, creator of Bart Simpson has foreknowledge of stuff before it even happened. That's why think about the Donald Trump deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He he had foreknowledge of what was going to happen before anybody, you know what I'm saying, even even knew. So I believe I believe it it, it it's very prevalent that and a cult, you know, the culture world is very big in the culture world. Well, with, with the occult, I think with uh, the occult, and, and Deuteronomy 18 and 10 bears this out um, when, because I, I remember when I was started, when I started studying uh, the spirit, you know, behind music, I always would ask myself, how did it get so popular so fast? And then when you look at not just the music industry, but the in- the entertainment industry as a whole, mm-hmm. how did it get so popular? Like, for instance, look at Jennifer Hudson, prime example. Yeah. Jennifer Hudson was voted off of uh, exactly. a- a- American Idol, but she's more Didn't popular than other guys mm-hmm. that actually won the competition. Yep. You ain't even heard of Ruben Studdard. Kelly Clark, well, Kelly Clarkson's got some stuff out, but she's not That's as popular funny. as Jennifer Hudson. Look, and you don't even hear about Ruben Stutter no more. That's it. Not at all. You, you haven't heard from him since he, <laughs> he won made a the, couple the hits, and that was it. Yeah, that, that was the end of him. And then <laughs> Ruben Stuttered, he went off by the wayside after doing two songs. Then Kelly Clarkson, you know, she was fading in and out here and there. Uh, who was the other <laughs> people that won? I uh, can't remember. I uh, can't remember the other two, but, oh, Clay Aiken, Clay Aiken. Clay Aiken, yeah. Yeah, he came out, you know, as being gay, so they kind of kept him on for a while, and then he uh-huh. vanished. Yeah, that dust him on the rug. Yeah, they just yeah, said, like, ah, we don't need you no like, more, because you ain't. What was so, that girl, Michelle, Michelle with uh, Beyonce and them? Oh, yeah, yeah, You yeah, know how uh, fast she went uh, into the uh, darkness? She did. She yeah, did. she she uh did some really perverted song. No, not real perverted, but it was kind of ghetto, and you know, like a lot of these trap songs, they, they you know they 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 uh uh they have these guys smoking weed, and he all got nothing but a tank top on. He's got a white right. beater on, and you know, and the song is really slow, but you could dance to it. That's what, and, yeah. and usually songs like that, you know, are about drugs. And she was singing about, I don't want no guy unless he's got, uh, his lips are black with, from smoking weed and, <laughs> and all this other stuff. I forget how the song yeah. goes, but it was real retarded. And I'm sort of like, okay, you going to sing this song, really? I mean, and put yeah. it on the radio? Yeah, yeah. But she and, got and, real but, popular after that. Who? You talking about Michelle? Well, 
for a while, and then she kind of just yeah, I haven't she heard from her. Not, she she ain't never been popular, popular like that. Even the girl, uh, the other girl. Now she uh, she Kelly can't Rowland. really who Kelly, Kelly Rowland. Rowland. Yeah, Kelly. Yeah, she can't really sing, but because she willing to go all out, sing about uh, uh, a one minute man or something like that. She don't want no one minute man and all this other stuff. Yeah. You know, very sexual. How far are you they, willing to sell out? Right. They, they oh, and then not only her. A lot of them just being puppeteered, man. Yeah. That's and not only right. her, but Miley Cyrus. So, you know, that, oh, so that, again, Lord, takes me I'm into, hurting. that takes me into, is the music being used to set us up for the kill? It is. And, yep. I think it is. It is. Yeah. So, like, you know what I'm saying? So it get, it, the music is uh, used to get us in the mood. Then you listen to the lyrics, and now again, as I was talking to uh, Darian earlier about the technology, now we can see it. We can see the whole. We can see it. We can hear it, and we can listen to it all in the same. Bring, this brings me back to my all original same point. Yep. Um, my original point was magic. It's about magic. If you and I'm specifically. Crowleyan magic. I don't know if that's a real term, but Alice the Crowley. It is. Has, uh, Crowleyan Crowley. magic. Yeah, it is, actually. It, there's so, uh, is the, is the, is in context of Alice the Crowley's Thelema, the term is used to show a different, differentiating the occult from his magic. When I said that, he, don't want, he didn't want to be associated with that. And so when I wanted to know, okay, what exactly did he mean? And he was saying, his quote was, the science and art of causing change to occur in conformity with will. Yeah, that's all again. magic is. The science is. and art of causing change to occur in conformity with will. Change whose will? For what benefit? And then it says including both mundane acts of will as well as ritual magic. Crowley hmm. wrote it's it is, and this is a quote by him again, it is theoretically possible to cause any object, any change of which the object is capable by nature. And then so John Simmons and Kenneth Grant attached a deep occult significance to this preface or that preference. And so in the book, in one of Crowley's books, he said he saw, Crowley saw magic as the essential method for a person to reach true understanding of self and to act according to one's true will, which mm-hmm. he saw the reconciliation between free will and destiny. Crowley describes this process in the book, in his book, Magic, Book Four. And so it's important to remember by definition what he was trying to do. The term, you know, you know, do what thou will means free will. Just do whatever you want to do. No mm-hmm. holes barred. Live how you want to live. And he had a whole lot, large amounts of people living like that. Um, one must find, he said, one must find out for oneself and make sure beyond doubt who one is, what one is, and why one is. Being thus conscious of the proper course to pursue, the next thing is to understand the conditions Necessary to after that, one must eliminate oneself from every element 
alien or hostile success and develop those parts of oneself which are specially needed to control the aforesaid conditions. That's from the book, page 134, uh, Book of Magic, book four. Mm. So, in, o- in other words, live life with no warning signs. And, wow. And it, 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 gets, it, gets, it gets worse. You then of Kabbalism. So mm-hmm. the thing about that is literally Jewish mysticism, which came out of the Zohar. And so the Zohar in Hebrew means like splendor or radiance. And right. so Jewish mysticists started this out years ago. And like GT said, you know, they use, they take a few groupings of books from the commentary of the Torah, the first five books, and they add scriptural interpretations of mysticism and cosmology. I don't know how to pronounce that word, cosmogony and uh, mystical psychology. So they literally... It's Wait, you're saying cosmology? No, cosmogony. Oh. C-O-S-M-O-G-O-N-Y. Cosmogony. Yeah, cosmogony. And that's any model concerning the origin of the universe or the cosmos. Which oh, cosmology? Yeah. Is it? No, yeah. no L, no L, no. L. It's a little. It's slightly different. Cosmology. It's not exactly the same. So what happens is, I'm saying this to go back to what y'all are talking about. You guys mm-hmm. are mentioning celebrities, but the question is, why are they like that? Because they didn't start like that. Most of them. Most of them got to a point where, where they they were willing to do whatever to get to that point. People mm-hmm. like fame, fortune, money, and uh, so Darian, thing, Yeah, uh, I I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I got another caller on in Southeast Michigan. Welcome to the uh, the the show. Please, Michigan. I think that's Carl. What up, Carl? And so, and so, what I was yeah, saying was yeah, whoever it is is not saying anything. Uh, hello. Robin and pocket dial. Oh, what could you? But what I was saying, what I was saying was with the in reference to the the celebrities, what happens is, and this is a point that we may not really be able to hit tonight, but. What happens is in major parts, <coughs> excuse me, in major parts of media, of media, because media, because we know that media drives culture. Music being a facet of culture, so is TV, so is fashion, so is art in terms of physical art like sculpting and painting and things of that nature, so on and so forth. And so is uh, politics. These things all drive culture. So you have people, pillars of the community, or pillars of each one of these media, to like news anchors and all these people that set things up. For example, in the music industry, you have record execs and big time promoters that run the machine. Those people are the ones that are into the Kabbalah. 
but everyone that comes in under them are not initiated. So what they right. do is you really want to get into this music industry? The way they don't come in saying, if you ever notice, a lot of artists in the beginning will start out mad, like, I don't want to sing this song. I got my own song. How, how about you try this? How about you wear this dress, Dave? No, I don't have no dress. How about you do if you don't do it my way, we gonna cut the cord. You ain't gonna be able to do and, nothing. And you know what, Darian? You know what, Darian? Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because Dave Chappelle had this same problem. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of, again, a lot of these artists and these entertainers are not necessarily initiated because they're lower level. What ends up happening is they tap into that magic. They tap into that magical power, that occult power, and that makes them famous. That makes them be able to perform. Like, for instance, Denzel Washington said on 60 Minutes, he was being interviewed by Ed Bradley, he said, I just get on my knees and I communicate with the spirits. So he's tapping into this power Mm -hmm. source, and it's a spiritual power source that they're tapping into. It's not something that they they don't get a brush of creativity and say, you know what, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to write this down. No, they they. he said after this, he said after the quote that he made, he said, I didn't make, and then uh, and then when he came up, I was in charge. And then Ed Bradley said, uh, powerful scene. Yeah, and then, uh, of course, Denzel Washington kind of repeats the phrase, powerful scene. I didn't make an attempt to write, I didn't make a, an attempt to write that. So it's a spiritual power source that they're plugging into, just like the quote that I mentioned of Beyonce, just like all these other various artists and these various uh, people that are in Hollywood, they tap into a demonic spiritual force or a power source, and they gain all of this. this, this, they, They can act. They can be convincing. They can... Like, uh, for instance, Heath Ledger, when he did The Dark Knight, when he did The Joker in The Dark Knight, he was the best Joker that I have seen since Jack Nicholson. You're just being biased. Okay, I am. But <laughs> he was, and the only reason why he was that good was because he tapped into a spiritual force. He tapped into a spiritual power source that was enabling him to do that. They call and by the way, these actors are called method actors. They're called Nicolas Cage, Heath Ledger, Denzel Washington, Jack Nicholson. All these guys are method actors. I know I'm getting a little off topic, but since we're talking about the entertainment industry, why not cover all facets? But these people are method actors. These musicians uh again, of course they're musicians, but they are uh, they are tapping into a power, like Darian said, and Darian uh, articulated it beautifully. These people are into Crowleyan magic, and and yes, it is real. M a g i c k the the characteristic K that real witches put at the end of their of this word, and it's the, and and they do that purposely because again, like Darian explained to all of us. These individuals want us to know the difference between the true power and just something that's of sleight of hand, illusion, you know, well, I just 
actually put the card in my back pocket when you weren't looking, and I was just really quick about it. I didn't, you know, so you couldn't see it. Sleight of hand. Yeah. Yeah, sleight of hand. So, uh, but again, uh, and and, I'll, and before I give it over to Darian again, I have to reiterate: some of these magicians are tapping into the same power source too. Absolutely. And so I I, I got a question too. I'm I'm sorry, Darren. You good, uh, you good bro? Uh, I, I just want to shoot this question before you before you dig dig a little deeper. What do y'all think about? I mean, because I I I've read a little bit over it, and I I hadn't just really just gotten deaf into it. But um, I think um uh, what 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 um uh what's that David? I think you mentioned um Eli mm-hmm. uh, uh Levi Eliphaz, the one uh, that uh, drew. Levi? Right, right, right. Uh, did, did, did he also uh, delve into alchemy? I think he, yeah, yeah, he he did, and a lot of uh, and people I, are and, in and the and dark arts do. And, and the reason why I ask is that not not only uh, is he uh, a Scientologist, Will Smith, but yeah, he also uh, he's an alchemist. Yeah, um, he was on Tavis Smiley not too long ago, and he talked about that. He talked about right. magic from an, alchem- from an alchemy point of view. And he mm-hmm. said that magic is described as an idea. And yep. I said, wow, he's actually telling us. These people are yep. telling us what they're into. And when, you know, you, when, you, when you said that, what made me, what, 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 what uh, hit my head, was mm-hmm. the common core stuff that they teach these kids, man. It's basically what it is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ex- that's exactly right. Uh, so, again, uh, <clears throat> Will Smith and all these guys, see, they're not going to tell us outright, at least they're doing it now, but before yeah, they weren't, yeah. they, 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 they wasn't yeah. telling us. But now, because they were teaching us through symbols, yeah, they're not going to come out and say, "Yeah, I worship Satan." Yeah, that's me. I right. eat children. No, they're not. They weren't doing that. They were just getting on the television, flashing the 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 the, uh, the El Camino, yeah, the mm-hmm. sign and all that. Yeah. So, and that's another uh, discussion that I was having earlier, trying to find out. You know, what I'm saying the human and the spiritual or the unclean spiritual or the unclean. The influence from the un, the un, let me get my thoughts together. The influence, the influence of the unclean spirits, the demonic realm, on humans. You know what I'm saying? And I was thinking about it earlier, like, okay, you know, our bodies, our bodies are called houses, uh, uh, buildings. You know, a holy building, uh, tents, hall. Talked about leaving his tent, talking about his body, um, and so Jesus Christ also pointed out, you know, what I'm saying that windows, like we have the the eyes are the windows of the soul, and then I've always looked at the heart as being the door, and I and I asked Dave earlier about the ears, and I know he made mention that it may be the gate. To, you know what I'm saying, of the house. But mm-hmm. I asked myself this question. Can a human be possessed by unclean spirits to do these supernatural or extraordinary phenomenons? And 
automatically I started thinking about uh, people we see today, like uh, what's Aunt Chris Angel, little Japanese, mm-hmm. the Asian dude, and mm-hmm. uh, there's another Arabic dude. There's an Arabic dude who actually does uh, these uh, right. these type of David, trip, um, uh, walking on the water, mm-hmm. uh, floating in midair, levitating things, taking substances through a cell phone. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is like I'm trying to figure out: Are these people possessed? Are they being used by these entities? And then again, I'm taken back into Acts sixteen sixteen. I'm gonna read here. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Now, this girl was used by her, uh, by her, her, I guess her father, or her, it says her masters here, by her masters to gain money because she had a particular talent that was extraordinary. But it continues on, verse 16. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. But then something strange happens right after this. I always thought this was strange, but Paul felt the need to do it anyway. He says, uh, verse 18, And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of, he came out of that same hour. Now, um, I ain't even getting to all, the, all of this with Paul, but we see that this girl was possessed by a devil. She was, mm-hmm. she was able to soothe say. But let's go back to Moses. Remember, Moses took the rod. He threw his staff on the ground. It became a serpent. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? The two the two priests of Pharaoh came and did the same thing. They also were able to create, make uh, the water turn into blood. Some of the miracles that uh, the la- I think the last of the miracles that Moses did, they couldn't replicate because you know said so the power of God is. You can't challenge the power of God, but so no, right. So, but my point is, they were actually able to do at least the first three, if I'm not mistaken. They were able to complete the first three. Where did they get this type of power from? And so, I sort of kind of answered my own question. Yes, I do believe that humans can be possessed. They can tap into this, into this. in the spiritual or the uh, yeah the spiritual re- uh, uh, the spiritual dimension or actually be used by spirits from from a different dimension to do these supernatural feats. And when it comes to music, <clears throat> when it comes to music, I think it is uh, it is very very possible. And these people that we bring it up, like uh, okay, like Beyonce, uh, Darian brought up a good point earlier. He said when they go into the music industry, they're not, you know, after when they when they go in there at first, 
all of a sudden they change. Like we've seen videos that pointed that out. They go in all innocent and they come out like the, they come out a devil. I mean, they come out doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, even within the movie industry, like these kids, they go through Disney. We see, and, and and I think this is this is the point of the whole show. Is like although we're dealing with music, we're looking at the, the, the spiritual. Yeah, we're looking at the spiritual aspects behind all you know the influences behind the music, behind the movies, behind all these things. So it's like again, like Disney. Disney, very questionable person, the man himself. Uh, he will always show children in movies by themselves. Like, where were these kids' parents at? And then you got kids who come out of Disney. They go into these shows, Hannah Montana. My daughter used to watch Hannah Montana. And now look at her. She on a wrecking ball naked. She is naked on on TV, and they showing it. This, but this was this was the famous girl, innocent girl, had morals and everything on the show. But now, you know, what I'm saying she's out by herself, and then look, she's changed. So this, whatever it is that's causing these people to come up with these uh, hit records, time after time after time. I do believe that it is a spiritual aspect, and these people are either possessed and or they are being assisted by these spiritual entities. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, uh, and you brought up Walt Disney. Walt Disney was another 33rd degree Mason. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. Walt Disney was from the famous Disney bloodline. Uh, if you study the 13 blood, uh, Illuminati bloodlines, bloodlines yeah. uh, by Fritz Springmeier, uh, uh-huh. the Bundy bloodline, McDonald bloodline, uh, all these uh, individuals, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, they all come from specific bloodline. And, and a, by the way, these guys were Luciferians, and it's a little different from what we've been talking about. A Luciferian basically is kind of like the evil of evils, as if there is such a thing. But um, these guys believe in the... the they, they, they practice uh, ritual sacrifice. They, they, they believe... Uh, um, a lot of... The, for instance, the Rothschilds believe that the devil comes to their table and sits there with them they don't believe that they're gods. They don't believe that they're humans. They believe that they're gods on earth and trapped in human bodies. And they believe, and of course, of course, you guys all know that the word Illuminati or Illumin or it means spiritual or esoteric enlightenment. But anyway, um, Disney was a part of these the, the famous uh, Disney bloodline. Um, he did not do any of the artwork that you saw, that you see and have been seeing in the uh, famous Walt Disney cartoons. All his workers did, and he treated them like crap um, without paying them. He had them working in horrible working conditions. Uh, he hated children. As a matter of fact, that's why his focus were on animals. And a lot of your car- Disney cartoons show... Uh, the human characters from the waist down, 
I looked at a Tom and Jerry, and this had nothing to do with Walt Disney, but I looked at a Tom and Jerry cartoon, and this was, they're older than you think. A lot of these uh, cartoons that we look at, Bugs Bunny, um, mm-hmm. uh, Popeye, uh, um, uh, Walt Disney, all these characters, uh, Tom and Jerry, they're all in the 30s. So racism was pretty popular back then, and, and if they showed a human character, or if they showed a black human character, they showed them from the waist down because they believed that black people were subhuman. And Walt Disney believed that black people were subhuman. And so when they depicted her, they showed human characters. They would show them from the waist down. When I saw Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which was another Walt Disney uh, production, uh, a lot of uh, there were a lot of symbols that, of course, you looking at them at first hand, you wouldn't see. But when I was studying uh, the, the whole industry and the things of that sort, I saw that uh, Jessica Rabbit was nude in one scene. And I'm like, what in the world is this? And then so, you know, uh, the rescuers, they showed the picture of a naked woman in a window while the two mice were talking to each other. Uh, uh, of course, you know, um, uh, what's the name of that cartoon? I can't remember the name of the cartoon. But when Simba was on the cliff... I guess he he was contemplating whatever they had uh, the word sex spelled out in the sky. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, a lot of symbols, and that's what Luciferians teach. They teach through symbols. They don't tell you who they're working for. They'll show you who they're working for. And, of course, it's easier because the people are dumbed down anyway. They don't know what's what. They don't know what the upside-down triangle means. They don't know what the inverted pentagram stands for. They don't know that. So they just teach it. Now, they don't know what the El Carnudo is, the devil, uh, the, um, the, the, the horn that stands for the horn god. They don't know that. So Clinton and Obama and all these guys can go up there and fight, and even these wrestlers that do that, like the wrestler mm-hmm. Edge, you know, he comes out, and he flashes the El Carnudo sign, and nobody knows what it stands for because people are dumbed down. So this is what a lot of entertainers and a lot of musicians do. They get on stage, like Jay-Z, for instance, uh, H to the Izzo, V to the Izzo, Jehovah God. Nobody knew what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Lift your hands up, and everybody lift their hands up and, and waving them in the air, and <laughs> people thinking that, well, I'm just doing it because it's a concert and I'm getting into the groove or whatever, but you are praising the spirits that are using Jay-Z. They didn't know it. They didn't get it. They didn't understand it. And then they keep and then he's rapping H to the Izzo, V to the Izzo. And I'm like at first I didn't know what he was talking about, but that's purposely done. That's mm. but listen to a lot of these songs. Listen to um well, don't listen to it, but Bone Thugs and Harmony, their, their song, Mr. Ouija. <laughs> Where do you think they got all this fast rapping from? Speaking in tongues. They, they, they even said it. They even said it. And, and so when you look at, uh, like, the, the song, uh, Mr. Ouija, and you look at their uh, CD cover... And it's all written backwards. It's another. It's a uh, another teaching of Alistair Crowley. Sorcery. 
Yeah, definitely. Crowleyan magic, Darian. Uh, that, that's Crowleyan. That's another form of Crowleyan magic. Backwards. Everything is written backwards. backwards. When, when you look at Michael W. Smith's uh, um, co- uh, album cover, his name is written backwards. And another thing, his name is written in runic symbols, runic lettering. This is a Christian artist, and his le- his word, his name is written in runic lettering. Yeah, and he, he sure got to be careful with with with, with uh, uh, some of the Christian artists too, man. They real subliminal, man. Yeah, oh, they, they are. are. They, they very they, they are. But uh, Darian, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Uh, you. You were go ahead. You were explaining something. I think the only thing that I wanted to add was uh, one of the major facets where the magic and all of the sat- Satanism comes from in the music industry is because at the very top, the record executives um, beyond uh, like uh, like like Jimmy Iovine, people like on that level or beyond. Are these uh, Jewish, these Jewish record white guys, or you know, yeah. Zionist Jew type of people that are at the very, very top? Now they've been in the music industry since the '60s, since all of this stuff really first started really taking root, and they and they install people that has their agenda in mind. <laughs> People that are a part of their groups and their their cults, and then when these these artists, starving artists, come in like, yo, I I, I want to do a song, blah blah blah, no, why don't you focus? Hey, hey you gotta understand the way the industry used to work, because now we're it's it's funny because the, a lot of people don't know, but the game is changing. But what used to happen is you would audition, and these record executives would say, yo, if we like you would throw you a deal. You would sign a contract, and they would give you a, a, an advance. But in order to get all of this money that you really had to pay back, it's basically like credit. But in order to get the financial incentives for them to work with you and put the big machine behind you, you had to be initiated in their practices. And they typically, they, mm-hmm. and they typically took advantage of you as an artist, not just from a financial perspective, but physical as well. And people like Will Smith and all of these prodigy people who came in at the early ages, like, oh, she can act a little bit. Let me let me uh, slowly uh, introduce her and get her a mentor to teach her all the ways that we do our breathing exercises and all of these other little things. And fully but surely, a person will be indoctrinated and not realize that they were uh, moving further and further away from that which would be sufficient to keep them focused, like keep them praying. Like some some uh, musicians and stuff started off praying before they sat and all that type of stuff. And by the mm-hmm. time they got to a glass ceiling, look, listen, I want to take you to the point that's going to get you this big money. This will be your big break right here. You can oh, be yeah. a, instead of being a thousandaire, I can make you a millionaire. But yeah, you, yeah. that means you got to be around certain types of people. And certain types of people don't want all that church stuff. I mean, you got to, you got to <laughs> when you're in Rome, you got to do what the Romans do. And then they and start then, then check this out, uh, Darren. I'm going to pick it back a little bit. Now, now check ahead. this out. Some of the, most of these artists sound like crap. 
Especially in acapella. But see, the thing is, you can sing a little bit. I said, right, we'll master your voice, clear it up, make it sound good. A1 for your, your CD cover or whatever. And and, 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 and and then on top of that, the icing on cake is, but how far are you willing to go to sound A1 so your music can sell? You see what I'm saying? And they yep. and they willing they, they they are willing to go so far down the rabbit hole that they don't even care. You know what I mean? Uh, it just they don't sell, yeah, they done sold out. And sold Absolutely. out, man. And on top of that, and on top of that, here's the thing, here's here's the kicker. And so nowadays in the in the rap industry specifically, used to be yep. you had to bait and switch somebody, meaning you had to coax them into certain things. Nowadays, if you ever pay attention, a lot of these jokers, people getting killed left and right. Like, dang, he was 23 when he died. Yeah. You know, or he was. What happens is, for let's say for instance, let's say for instance, let's say for instance, you got a rapper, you got a rapper that uh, started off at uh, you got a rapper he started off at um. Under, let's say, we'll use Cash Money. Lil mm-hmm. Wayne started off at Cash Money. He wasn't part of. He, he was on the record label, and then he got to a point where they say, "Listen, we like you. You're making us a lot of money. Da 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 da. I'm gonna help you start your own record label because that's what the most people want: branch out and do their own thing. Give you the incentive to do your own thing. You come in on board doing all the rituals and all that." When you sign, when you sign your people, they teach you how to do the same thing. Let me give you yes, a, a real good example. Maybach Music Group. Rick Ross mm-hmm. started MMG. He signed Meek Mill. Meek Mill started Dream Chasers, which is his uh, subsidiary under Maybach Music Group, which is a subsidiary subsidiary under what is it? Universal or Def mm-hmm. Jam? I think it's Def Jam. Wow. Which is the actual machine. And so what happens is, so what happens is, when they sign these deals, you gotta have a sacrifice to keep you keep you keep you on. Like a lot of people don't, when they sign, don't know who they gonna pick. Like nowadays, that's when you used to hear about star whackers, people killing stars, you know, for certain reasons. But what happened was, what happened was. Uh, these rap, these hungry rap, but some of these dudes really from the street, like, yo, they doing whatever it takes to get in the industry. They got sell a soul. That's cool. I don't need it anyway. You got you got uh, sacrifice somebody, long as you let me pick. So now what they do is the way Rick Ross get get away with not having to make a sacrifice, what he does is he'll sign the artist, right? And the artist will do anything to make a couple of dollars, and he'll tell them, like, yo, you know, when you come in, you got to make a sacrifice here and a sacrifice here. Perfect. I got a twin brother. He he real nice with the music, but he not following me. So if he don't want to do what I'm doing, I get rid of him. And uh, years ago, there was a dude, y'all remember um, um, Young Berg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, young, he only made, like, two or three songs that really got yep. popping. Young Berg's brother name was Dollar. And he was actually the more talented rapper, from what I uh-huh. from what I gather. Well, when um, Meek Mill, who was under Maybach Music Group, got famous, apparently he didn't know that's what he was doing. He was found off of YouTube because he was make, selling records by himself, and he was big in his city, Philadelphia. 
when he got on, he got signed to Maybach Music Group, and right before they really started taking him under their wing, he like, whoever killed such and such, whoever killed Dollar, you a coward. You know, he rapped about it. But he didn't know that it had to be somebody that you had to give as a sacrifice for them to uh, set you up. Now, this goes all the way back to ancient times. If you know anything about fertility gods, some specific gods do specific things. But in order for them to honor your, your honor you, you had to sacrifice something. Typically, it was a child. A fertility god would take children so that it could uh, cultivate your crops for the next season and things like that. So if you wanted to be, if you wanted to have a good harvest for the year, you would sacrifice a child. And if you wanted to, if you wanted to uh, uh, be a, a musician, yeah, you got talent, and by yourself, you making a couple thousand dollars here and there, you did. But yo, sacrifice a person, and, and and apparently now what they got set up is you pick your own person, it's like bring your own booze to the restaurant. You know, you go to a little little hole in the wall spot. You ain't got to buy no liquor. They don't sell liquor, but they sell food, and they got a DJ. You just bring your own beer. Now, if you want a record deal, I sign you. You got to run everything by yourself, and you got to bring a sacrifice. We're going to explain it to you in the fine details, and then once we figure out you, you can be trusted, we're going to run this through you. And Meek Mill had a person called uh, Lil Snoop, S-N-U-P-E. He was from down south. He was from Louisiana, real talented. He, could make, he was making music without writing it down and everything. He was a young cat, like 17. Out of nowhere... Out of nowhere, Meek Mill started making a lot of money. All of a sudden, this kid died. Mm. You know how I can name I can name a whole bunch of aspiring rappers. That's my age. I'm 29. I can name a whole bunch of people that's my age that are partially famous. Waka Flocka Flame. I know y'all know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. There was a dude on his record label called Slim Duncan. Slim Duncan. Yeah, out of nowhere, Slim Duncan, out of um, nowhere, Slim Duncan was killed. French Montana, Chanks Drugs, out of north, out of New York, out of nowhere, Chanks Drugs was killed. The, I'm talking about these people that is barely famous or just now really, really fam- getting getting their feet wet, and they had people with them, and all of a sudden somebody and they somebody got killed in a car accident. Somebody had a heart attack or overdose. Well, Eminem was. Sorry, that's cool. And I'm trying to think of at least one more. Like, I, there's so many people that that this happened to. Um, who else was there? Um, uh, I can't think of. There's so many people that, especially a lot of these new cats. And that now we got this new generation of rappers that get famous by themselves. The, one of the first, uh, another person that was famous by himself was Soldier Boy. He got in on yeah. YouTube. Then he got initiated. But here's the thing. He opened the door for the record executives to realize, that, hey, we don't got to put no money out no more. We just find people that already do their own work. Lil Uzi Vert, Lil Yachty, uh, yeah. Kodak Black. They don't have to be talented. They already got their own fans. So now I'm going to hype them up, put some money in their pocket, put them on a triple XL cover, double XL cover, and then once they reach a certain plateau, I'm going to tell them, listen, if you want to work with artists like T.I. And, and all these different artists that you want to work with, I'm going to tell you, this is what you do. 
You you such you so somebody watch somebody and they can't go and disappear. It always go that way. And what happens is who you think running it? Because uh, somebody mentioned it uh, like the Zionist type cats and these people who run the world type of thing. They may be Luciferians, but the people that work underneath them have similar practices. It's all the same crap under different names and different yeah. signs and signals. For example, if you want uh, 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 politicians and stuff, they go and do Bohemian Grove. They sacrifice to Molech and all these other things. People think it's fake, but it's real. They was doing it in ancient times. The ancestors of these people that still exist and within their bloodlines keep it secret and under wraps in the global elite, just like mm-hmm. they did in Babylon, are still doing mm-hmm. the same thing today. In order for them uh, you to be a celebrity, you got to do three things. You got to be willing to give everything you got that that belong to God. You got to renounce God. Yeah, it's the first thing they always do. Second, uh-huh. you got you got to be willing to do perform sexual rituals, men on men, sleeping with animals, eating mm-hmm. eating poop. Like mm. poop, come on, cause eating poop. Uh. Yeah, Things that's like really that. that's really selling out there. Poop. Yeah, poop, semen, and dead bodies and stuff like that. Uh, 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 uh sacrifice a relative. Sacrifice Dr. Dre. He sacrificed a kid. He but look, he makes so many kids. It don't really matter to him beating up women and doing drugs. See, dr- drugs, abuse, sexual abuse, it go hand in hand. And you ever notice a lot of these rappers? If you pay attention to their Twitter accounts, I really don't. I just know about it because I've been I've been in the game. I know what it is. They mm-hmm. get on Twitter and all that. They use the social media as a diary, and then they they shake it off. Like, yo, I really don't want to do this no more. I don't want to do this no more. None right. of this is right. And then they'll put it out there. And, and you know, as people who conspiracy theorists who've been watching their pages for the last 10 years will find that one comment, save it, and repost it. So everybody in the world seen that one post. Like, What's Chris Brown talking about? And he like, I can't do this no more. Y'all not slick. Uh, um, I believe in God. And then all of a sudden, Chris Brown in the news for doing mm-hmm. something wrong. Right, it's, right. It's all about like keeping you, you in a, a mental prison because you don't not doing what it is that they want you to do. Because lo and behold, if the world and the masses was, was to ever wake up from behind the matrix and to see what was really happening behind the machine, they would back away from it. So what we do right. is they position you with stuff that you think is cool and happening, and then they put these uh, these their own brand of role models out, like men GT, and he mentioned it earlier. There's a new guy on the scenes by the name of Ad Soul. He's from the West Coast. Never heard of where, him. Yeah, where Jerry Curl. Well, his new album is called um, Do Without Will. And I, I got a question, had, Darren, before you go on with that. Uh, what do you mm-hmm. think happened with Eazy-E? Do you, do you think he died of AIDS because of his promiscuity, or do you think something happened? Do you think somebody killed him? Um, I, well, I, I'll tell you what I know. I mm-hmm. do know that his family members and Easy E son, Lil Easy, and, and a few other people within his family and his close friends, even the Bone Thugs, said that some shady things have happened. And I'm gonna give you a group of other people. I'm gonna name name in the same category: Easy E, Pop, Biggie, Pun, Big L. See. See, certain, see, certain people may have not been 
And then, oh, don't forget proof. Oh yeah, proof. But he's not on their level. He not. Oh. I can't consider him. I can't consider him a legend. Um, Soldier oh, Slim. Soldier Slim. Down south, every every part of New York had multiple uh, uh, multiple people. And so what happens is, in order for you to do to bring people, ask yourself, how do you get from substance and lyrical content, albeit it may have been demoniac or de- uh, demon, demonistic, without see these people would say things without being ritual, ritualized. They were just people who like little dudes on the street. You run up on the corner, they kicking rhymes, and it's about shooting and banging, bang type of stuff because that's what they was into and that's what they thought sounded hot. The aggressive nature of their music. They were already primed by familiar spirits without being uh, 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 they just weren't saved. So because they weren't saved, they were already doing evil, if that makes sense. But here's what happened. They were very good at writing songs and being lyrical. So much so that anybody else, they set the bar so high that these whack rappers that we like, like, how did he get in the game? Uh, he went these young thugs and uh, Gucci mains, and mm. they got in the game because you can't have, like, think about it. If I'm Michael Jordan and I'm the best player and everybody is Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, Hakeem Olajuwon, none of these street cats that don't really know nothing about the sport is going to be able to get in. Why? Because I'm blocking their way. I've set the bar way too high for them. So the only way to make a change is I have to remove them. That's the first. That's one of the first tactics in war. If if mm-hmm. I want to make adjustments to the way things are, I have to get rid of the people that hold the balance, hold the hold it balanced. Tupac was innovative. He, I mean, Pac it was was in the poetry. He could act. He was doing way too much. He was a revolutionary in thought. You had Biggie, who was a lyricist, Big Pun, who was a lyricist, Soldier Slim that was putting that down south slang on everything. You had Easy e that was a, truthfully a nigga with attitude. I mean, they was really, <laughs> setting, it, they was really setting, it, setting it up where so if you wasn't coming in under any of those type of formulas, you wasn't getting in. You was like, you would have, they'd have been like, please, you're terrible. So what you have to do is easy things. Set up a ritual. You know who you know who figured it was good? People like Suge Knight, P. Diddy, Fat Joe, these people who really middleman, they way to the top. Diddy, let's be honest, Diddy don't have as much talent as people think he do. All his songs were written by other people. Diddy songs, he danced in music videos. And mm-hmm. he was a good money man. Follow the money. The people with the most money, how come uh, um, still making money off Biggie name and all this? You got to look at these people. They was in the way. Easy e they talk easy. You watch Dr. Dre movie and, and, and tell me that, that they, they wasn't telling the truth. That stuff be fabricated to make Dr. Dre look better or these other people because if you really knew what would happen, because the rappers that knew all the people, they not saying the same thing. That's the one thing about social media. There's a lot of other people who like, oh, that's not how it happened, but it was a good movie nonetheless. So if you're telling me that, that, that what am I saying, Darian? What Darian is saying is people were removed out of the way, whether it was a ritualistic killing or just a way to get you off the corner 
so that I can sell drugs right here, so to speak, if that makes sense. I'm holding it. If I'm holding and you to a higher of elimination. Bar, exactly. Now, yeah. now I can move into place and I can implement different ideas to do incalculable uh, uh, transition because you can never, let's say, for instance, we went to another country as rebels. We rebels. We want to change things, so we start a war. But now we got to be like Skywalker and then we try to change the empire. The empire is going to strike back, though. You know, and for rappers, if you, ain't a, if you ain't a gangbanger and you just some rapping guy who you got heart like Michael Jackson, but you actually, actually think you're a thug, you're going to get exposed, beat up, and then, then, then um, blackballed. Well, what happens is what you do is you plot against the people just like they did Caesar. God got Caesar out of the way, and then you divide the nation how you want it. And that's what happened with hip-hop. You got all the main people because of Big Pun. I'm telling you, those certain rappers would have been alive today. They would be like 50 years old and like on some where Jay, you know how Jay-Z is the legend? Because Jay-Z was the only one that was willing to sell out to that magnitude. Right. He wanted to do his own thing. Big right. was talented enough to get rid of Diddy. He didn't need Diddy. Easy E and um, Ice Cube and them, they needed Easy E because Dr. Dre wasn't no gangster. Soldier Slim and all them dudes down in um, down in uh, New Orleans and Louisiana, Soldier Slim was a dude. He was the pioneer for that type of music. Big pun for Puerto Ricans. The only, you you knew about Cuban Links, Big Pun, Fat Joe, and Noriega. Who also, by the way, Big Pun, he was big, and then he, oh, all of a sudden he had this big, massive heart attack. Some people been big their whole life and ain't never had no problems. That man, that man's lungs was in shape as much rapping as he was doing without heavy breathing. I, I'm not believing that, but, I mean, that's my personal opinion. But what I'm saying is, so to answer your question, I know for a fact that Eazy-E's family addressed it just like Michael Jackson. They come out and they speak out against it, but they never get media attention. It's always a media, it's always a media blackout when it comes to the people who really got facts because they want you to see it a certain way. Prime example, and I can rest my case for tonight. Kanye West is doing his shows. Out of nowhere, his wife gets robbed. Hold on, isn't she famous with all these bodyguards? Now you mean to tell me she in another country and somebody just run up in her spot and rob her jewels? But she all right, she tied up. Okay, <clears throat> a month or two later, Kanye West still on that um um St. Pablo tour, and, and all of a sudden he going on long tangents and rants about Jay Z not calling him back. Right, I saw Jay-Z that. Jay Z got Jay Z got shooters, and and don't kill me and. Uh, the radio, the radio only plays certain songs, and the fact that the best artist out of everybody is a guy by the name of Kid Cudi. You know why he said that? Because the truth be told, most people that most fans love have people who write for them who don't get credit for their stuff, i.e., Drake has a whole team under his subsidiary, which is called OVO, which I call a sweatshop, simply because you have 30 artists and only two of them outside of yourself have have produced records. When it comes out that you produce, they you produce songs, they produce songs for you, 
and you just go back and re-record them, and you get the credit. You know why? Because he has the the uh, the properties that the global elite want to extrapolate to use him to change the the masses. Not to mention he has Jewish, and and, and he's from a different city. You can market him as a sixth god, and you can market him under the, the god Molech. It's about ulterior motives. If you kept Biggie and Pac around, oh, Gucci man. Man wouldn't exist. Uh, uh, Uzi Vert won't exist. First of all, most of these people, no one would have, would have accepted that. No one would have accepted that. They wouldn't allow the communities, specifically the black communities, to be dumbed down to the point that they were. They may have been aggressive and they may have, may, may, may have been thuggish, but they would not have been stupid. Now it's okay to be retarded. It's okay mm. to <laughs> make only sound effects. This is what happens when you put demonic people in charge. They, it's about taking what was once uh, uh, beautiful and corrupting it to the point where we become servile and subservient. Because that is completely the opposite of what God's will is for his people. And so when you get back to the original agenda, God created people in his image. Well, Satan's whole job that he gave himself was to to develop and degrade the masses and lead them astray from God's will and purpose, which is to glorify God and to right. to uh, reflect his image. If If Satan could stop that run and rule and reign, he can insert himself in his regime. That's all what the whole process is about. And that's why in every aspect of life where it affects media, because media drives culture, anything that they can do when it comes to finances, when it comes to food, when it comes to music, when it comes to movies, when it comes to politics, when it comes to family, when it comes to religion, all of those things, they have somebody that's there to infiltrate it, to corrupt it, uh-huh. something just like a, a, a there's a, a bug that I like. It's really cool. It's a wasp, but it's a parasitic wasp. What it does is it takes, it injects its babies directly into the host. And yeah. It's from the inside the, uh, and I forgot the name. It's a wasp. Yeah, it's multiple types of it, though. Um, some of them are healthy for your garden, and then some of them are just like this particular Japanese wasp I'm talking about. And what they mm. do is they eat you from the inside Japanese out. Japanese wasp? Yeah, and, and so the point I'm making is that it's a, a, it's a direct attack from the inside out. If we can, if they can implode the system and revamp it and bring it back, take away the order and to bring chaos, that's what they will do. And so mm-hmm. keep in mind, since the beginning, the annals of of this rivalry between Satan and mankind that God has been allowing to go down to 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 operate to get His glory from, because that's what's going to happen. Right. A lot of people don't realize that Aleister Crowley was just like uh, the opposite, like Hitler. People like Aleister Crowley, Hitler, and all these people they were the, they were uh, 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 groomed by Satan to come up in a way that will which 
set a precedent, a precedent, and uh, spearhead specific uh, uh, focal points so that they could uh, germinate and grow uh, from a, 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 a evil law. Because this is a war. It's you have to go back to the mindset of this is a war. Mm-hmm. Revolutions are truly not televised, and because he's the rebel, just like his, his spiritual son Nimrod. What rebels do is they divide and they conquer. It's one of the easiest barbaric tactics you can use is you put people against that which can strengthen their body. And for us, if we are separated from God, we can never really have true understanding. We cannot understand anything. So when it comes to music, if I can get your children to hear foolishness and think that it's smart, they won't set the bar high enough to actually think to a level where they can articulate that they are being under attack. For example, look at this. Donald Trump won by a landslide. Now all of a sudden Russia is the people that did it? Nah, (laughs) y'all, if you believe the media, you you got got the game fooled. Black people wanted Trump to win. Church members wanted Trump to win. White people wanted Trump to win. Immigrants wanted Trump to win. Don't let the media fool you. You might not have wanted it. But, you know, I drove through my city. You know how many people had Trump signs on a, on a lawn? Not nobody liked Hillary Clinton. Right. He, even pack, yeah. he was packing a whole stadium. You're going to tell now all of a sudden you're saying that the media, telling going through the media, keep, keep in mind, it's a conduit. A conduit is literally that which is a means to a, a one point to another. If right. I can get people to believe something, as a man thinketh, so is he. If I right. think I'm a gangster and all I do is keep myself um, hived up, popping pills, GT asked this question and I'm done for tonight. What is the purpose for this? The purpose is to make everybody mindless, subservient slaves to, to the will of the devil. Because the most important thing that God has given us is will. If you submit your will to anybody else other than God, you're a slave to that person or thing. Because right. that, that your design is to glorify God. If Amen. you don't glorify God, you're glorifying self. A lot of this music, even if and people, when you think about demon stuff, it's not always like that. It can be... <laughs> I'm the best rapper alive. That's pride. Right. Self-gratification. It ain't right. always about witchcraft. Sometimes you you take yourself and put yourself in a position. If you read Proverbs, it tell you uh, uh, it's a fool is led by his folly right there. Put, right. You, right. You, you, you talk about sex, murder, and drugs. Okay, I'm not even a famous rapper. I'm not signed, but I want to rap. All I know about is sex, murder, and drugs. That's all I write about, sex, murder, and mm-hmm. drugs. Okay, let's take a step back from everything else because you're not famous. You don't know anything about witchcraft. You're not initiated. All you know is you listen to your favorite rappers, and your favorite rappers talking about the same thing, and they barely famous. Right. And you know what? The thing about that, about, about that assessment right there, that takes us right back to the influence of the music. Like, I got a little brother, uh, he was, uh, and probably still is, a big Lil Wayne fan, and listening to Lil Wayne inspired him to want to be a rapper 
or being a, a hip-hop artist and all this, you know. And he even had the aspirations of going into the industry. But, you know what I'm saying, it's like the the, the influence that is being, uh, that I'll, that we are being exposed to, the music that we're being exposed to has a lot to do with the way the culture is today, especially within the black community. But I wanted right. to take it back to uh, Alex Crowley real quick. We talked about his spirit, God, and but that one quote, that quote, we talked about Alex Crowley and his spirit, God, which I believe was Satan or some other unclean spirit, some other demonic entity guiding him and helping him come up with these uh, ways of using music and using magic within all aspects of the human endeavor to bring about a specific change. And exactly. the one the one purpose was, as he said, do as thou wilt. And mm-hmm. when I when I hear that, I'm automatically taken to uh you know, uh my first thought is is God is uh, my first thought is what they the message that they that they have uh put out there is that God is trying to hold us back from doing what is best for mankind. Y'all brought that up earlier. And I remember another famous person within the uh, the Masonic Order is Albert Pike. In his book called oh. Morals and Dogma, he stated, you know, in defense of Lucifer, he said, you know, what kind of, uh, what kind of evil entity to call an angel of light when all he wanted to do or wants to do is to show mankind the way. You see what I'm saying? So Lucifer is made into the victim now because he wanted to show man the best way for mankind apart from what God said. Uh, Nimrod, same thing. He taught the same thing. Josephus quoted Nimrod, or is saying he quote he's quoted in saying that Nim, Nimrod <laughs> aspired the people to take the credit for all of their prosperity unto themselves and not to ascribe it to God. This is what Josephus said. Now mm-hmm. this was before Nimrod saw that this type of brainwashing didn't work, and he changed his government into a tyranny. But if we go back even further, y'all already know where I'm going with it. We're going right back to the Garden of Eden. Mm. Satan's talking to Eve. He says to Eve, uh, I, can, I remember it verse by verse now, you know what I'm saying, where it says the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he came up to the woman and said to the woman, yea, have God said, thou shalt not eat from every tree of the garden. So they have their little conversation, and she tells him, she says, we may eat of the fruit of the trees which are in the garden, but the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said we shall not eat of it, neither shall we touch it if we die. Now, he follows up and tells her that, oh, no, you shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat thereof, 
Then your eyes shall be open. Oh, well, look at this. Here's Satan trying to make it seem like, oh, God, lying to you. He don't want your eyes to be open. That's why he told us don't eat from that tree. He ain't going to die. You're not going to die. Mm-hmm. When you eat from that tree, your eyes is going to be open. So, you know, that message and uh, that, and I, th- I believe that same, that's the same message that Satan is putting out there in any, in any form of entertainment that we see, uh, like the movies, the, you know, pretty much like you said, uh, uh, Darian, uh, the media. The media has now become one of Satan's most strongest tools. You know what I'm saying? Like the politics, oh, we saw all this stuff about Donald Trump and, oh, he's a racist and and all this other stuff. And then the news is putting out fake news. Like the, the real news is putting out fake news. Now they're trying to say that the alternative news is the fake news Despite, despite the overall, the overall evidence leaning against them, you know what I'm saying? How they supported Hillary Clinton, knowing that she was lying about a lot of stuff. So, but yet, when you put it on TV and you put a little bit like the movie they did against Trump, I forgot what it's called, but they took clips of his speech and put it up against. Some of the uh, old, some of the old footage of the civil rights movement, and then they show look, some violent acts at the uh, Trump uh, congregations or whatever, and they made a little documentary out of it. And guess what? That one docu- documentary documentary has convinced so many black people that Donald Trump is a racist. Oh, we got to stand up against against. Uh, Donald Trump, because we're going back to Africa and all this other stuff. Right, right. Look at the venue that they use. They use a video, the site. They use uh, the content in some of the words that they, the the message that they spoke and the misapplied quotes of Donald Trump. That's the audio, I mean, that's the, uh, those are the lyrics. And then you have the music. The music that they presented is is like very dramatic. So they set you up with the music, get you with the visual, with a black man getting elbowed in the face. As a matter of fact, those two have apologized to one another yesterday. And the guy, he probably have to spend like a year in jail, the white old man that elbowed that black kid. But... All this is over with. You know what I'm saying? They all understand, like, oh, we were under this political spell. But they got it. But what about the other people, you know what I'm saying, the people who who, who are still under this mesmerism? And I believe because it's because of this music, because of the music, because of the audio, because of the visual, you know what I'm saying, with all those things coupled in, it makes us or it makes people much more susceptible to whatever message is going to come behind that. Um, You know what I'm saying? That's where I pointed out, you know, the whole human and spiritual influence, influences. But another thing that I wanted to uh, get into real quick, real quick, and uh, 
we working on twelve thirty right now. Um, I'm gonna say my little small. I'm gonna say my little small piece, and I'm gonna ask everybody else to give their uh, final conclusion on this topic. Uh, we've done this topic for what? How many weeks, Dave? Like three weeks? A whole yeah. month almost? About three weeks. Yeah, about three weeks. So, uh, and I'm just putting it out here. I'm putting it out here now. Uh, and this is something me and David going to talk about. This is like right at last moment. But I'm thinking about just maybe taking these next two weeks off from Freestyle Fridays because, you know, we got the holidays coming up, and I know y'all guys going to be uh, either busy or, or whatever. I might do one. We might do one, or we might do one on a specific date. It might be about Christmas. Uh, I don't know, but okay. but, but yeah, um, I think this will probably be the last show we do about the music industry unless it comes back around and our on our cycle or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, let me read Philippians four uh, eight King James version. It says here, finally, brother. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So I take take out of this whole discussion, you know what I'm saying, because we pointed out so, so much and I'm pretty sure when we jump back on this topic that we're going to have even more information to put out there. But the way I take this is, you know, no matter what type of music, no matter what style, tempo um, of music we listen to, if it if it doesn't line up with the scriptures, we should avoid it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if we know that this song is going to have cuss words and it's going to talk about, uh, if it's going, if it has a lyrical content that will cause us to stumble, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how many people are married on this phone. I know Darian, you're married, uh, but anybody else who may be on the phone with me not be married, you know, listening to very sexual songs. May yeah. may send may send you there. You know what I'm saying. We have discernment. God has given us discernment. We have to learn how to use that discernment. Uh, same thing with um, you know anything that again, like it says here, think on these things. These things that are that are virtuous, that are of a good report. Things that are lovely. Things that are pure, honest. You can't you can't have these things in like hip hop or the type of music we hear in the day, you know, uh sex, money and drugs. You know, bend over, take over there and all, you know, just raunchy, raunchy, nasty stuff or, you know, shoot shooting people. Or I walked up on him and da da he went you know what I'm saying? Like this is not mm-hmm. stuff that is conducive to our spirit. That's why I was saying earlier when I'm listening to uh dubstep and something crazy comes on, I'm like, uh, no, I don't think I want to listen. Because they, they, they got some real crazy music that come on, I, I fast forward it or I'll skip to the next song. Because I don't need my spirit uh, bombarded with all of that negativity. And uh, so 
I'm not really legalistic about what type of instruments are being played. I don't see any scriptures that speak against certain types of instruments being used. But I think it really boils down to the intent of the heart and what's going on. What's, what's your purpose? You know what I'm saying? Are you wanting to use this music? Or is this is this yeah, is this music going to be used to make people want to smoke weed? Is this music being used to make people want to dance? Is this music being used to have people to relax? So I think it's really all about the intent. And that brings me to my last point, and I'll uh, digress from here. I was told not too long ago, so a few years back, that the music is used in the church in, in, in this sort of way. Uh, where you would have, uh, let me, where you would have, you know, the t- like the tempo of the music will be used in church, and you will have your inspirational music, you know, music that's played to uplift the people in the church. And then the second one, the, like the second type of music that I've seen is the motivational music, where it's, it's either played uh, it's, it's soft or slow. Or there's, you know, there's a, a fast tempo or a slow tempo, but usually this type of music is being played when it's offering time. You know, the music that plays when you get up and mm-hmm. you know, walk, you walk down there to to the thing and you throw your you throw your your money into the bowl. Uh, I was told that the music is supposed to get the people relaxed enough and motivated enough to get up and want to give, you know, that's called them playing them. on your emotions. They play on right. your emotions. Right. So then you have the next part, which is more inspiration, inspirational music, and you know what I'm saying, is setting the people up for the message that's about to come after the uh, uh, song, you know, after the inspirational choir or whoever's up there singing is done. Now that the music, now that they finish singing, everybody is is not everybody, but a lot of the people in the church are are aroused up, you know what I'm saying, because now they just heard this powerful song. And some of them, and, and this music, uh, now the music, like uh, from what I've heard in the churches and stuff, like the hymns and stuff like they can get you there, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's a mm-hmm. natural thing for us as children of God. When we hear music being played honoring God, it does, it takes us into a, a whole nother uh, level, not saying that's a bad thing, but here's the thing: now that the music has gotten you there, what state of mind are you in when the pastor comes up to give his message? And of course, we know that not all pastors are teaching the word. But what mindset are you in after the inspirational choir has sat down and they done sung a lovely song about the Lord Jesus Christ and everybody's crying? Now the pastor comes up, he follows up, and he gives this powerful, powerful uh, uh, sermon. In one case, it can be a good sermon about living holy, trusting in the Lord, and things of that nature. But on the other hand, it could be about prosperity cause, getting your best life now, and all this other stuff. If you think about the people who are set up, they've already been set up because the music has been played, 
Now it's like, where do you go from? Where do you go from now? Whatever type of message you're getting from the pastor is 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 inside of you now. You know, it's resonating in you because you're you've been opened up. Now, the last part is that fast tempo music in some churches you may see. Oh, mm-hmm. what does the tempo do? What do, again? We know music does something to us. So if you have the, the musicians. They start going. They play that loud, that loud organ, and then they start hitting that, hitting that drum. Right. What What is going to happen? Like, I'm hearing it now, and I'm wanting to get up and start running around. <laughs> but the my main point, pretty much, is that you know, so I, like I was told that mu- that music in the church was used to actually do that. Like they want it, they want people to get up, they want people to be active, and they use the music. This is why you hear the soft keys of the piano or like the low beating of the drum is because of the different uh, situations that's going on within the church. Either you, they want to uh, encourage, you're getting encouraged, you get motivated to pay your tithes, uh, you get set up to receive the message and to praise dance after that. So, you know, when it comes to music, all I'm saying is when it comes to music and you wanna listen you wanna listen to music, make sure that you're not bringing anything into your spirit that doesn't belong there. And that's that's all I got to say on that. Hmm. Well, that's a very interesting um, comment, and thank you for that uh, dissertation. Uh, You know, church, uh, you know, music is is meant for uh, a lot of things. It's just that what has happened is that the devil has used it for evil, and um, we already know, like in the beginning of this recording, I... I mentioned something about um, music being for spiritual purposes, music being for uh, the worshiping of God, the worshiping of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's supposed to teach sound doctrine. And uh, I bring it again to uh, the scripture in Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, rebuke, reprove, and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but will heed unto themselves teachers. Now, they don't have to be uh, preachers. They don't have to be Sunday school teachers. They can be musicians. And they teach doctrine also, but they don't teach it like I'm teaching, like I'm actually speaking, I'm talking. You know, they can sing it, they, they can teach uh unsound doctrine in a song or a psalm. So we, again, like GT said, and like I said earlier in the uh, recording, uh, we have to be cognizant. We have to be very, very aware of what we are listening to. So before I end the uh, the recording, I'm going to open the floor for questions and comments. Uh, I see that there's a, uh, a new caller on the on the line southeastern michigan 
Hello, are you there? Whoever it was. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's Carl. That's Carl Seaton. I know he said he just he's just listening in. So uh, oh, okay. Yeah, if he don't want to say anything, that's fine. I re- I really would have liked to get his uh, input earlier because that uh, might be um um Carl. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It is Carl. Um, and that's why I was saying I I would have loved for him to say something because I know he does. Mm-hmm. He does. Uh, he does. I know he does music. Um, but yeah, anybody else? Um, Nelson. Man, I I I I love man. I, um, interacting with y'all, man, y'all brothers. Uh, really, really enjoyed it, man. Um. Uh, I I just enjoy, I I enjoy learning and and uh, giving my input, man. Um, looking forward to the next time we we uh, link up again, man. Yeah, and I just want to say I appreciate uh, I appreciate you calling in, and uh, you know what I'm saying. Cause you you one of the ones who always calls in. You like a regular, and uh, just want to say I appreciate the fact that you stuck with us for for a while now. And uh, sure. yeah, every time and I'm sure every time you call in, or like Darian calls in, uh, I'm sure I'm 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 gonna be fed. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna eat at this yeah. table. Yeah, right. So you know what I'm saying? And and it actually gives me a little break. <laughs> and me too, man. David David is a little more long winded than I am, but oh, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know yeah. we. <laughs> we both can go. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying, it's it, good to have some fresh voices on and given uh, uh, more perspectives on, on this one topic. Um, Brother Darian, what you what you got for us, bro? Uh, well, I'm, I'm good, bro. I mean, I really covered as much as I could. As far as, you know, I, I'm not trying to open up no other cans tonight, bruh. Or tomorrow, because it, it's like that was like yesterday when we started. So, <laughs> it, it, yeah, you know, yesterday. You know, I'm just happy that you know I was able to make some valid input. Input. Um, shout out to y'all for doing this weekly, staying um, diligent. Whether it's two people or ten people, you know, continue to press on. And you never know. Like yeah. you, you got people who go on and listen to the videos. You know, they archive. Y'all been doing this for a while. It's a lot of good information back in the old videos. You know. Oh yeah. You might want to take a few of the clips, chop them down to like two, three minutes, and then put just a few minute clips up every now and again and keep people motivated. You know. I say oh that yeah. Now. Yep. That sounds good. Uh, matter of fact, I want to I want to put out there too. Um, yo, I'm gonna put this out here right now. Y'all brothers, y'all need to spread the word. Uh, I definitely be on it, man. We 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 about uh, well, my wife has decided to jump on this topic about uh, Kemet and. Okay. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm trying to stay calm because I got goosebumps. 
y'all know I love I love taking on the Kemet folk, not necessarily to embarrass them, but to show them the way to Jesus Christ. Because, Amen. You know what I'm saying? It's it's something like they 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 want knowledge. You know what I'm saying? They want knowledge, and they also want to be spiritually deep and all this other stuff. But I always try to find the the middle ground with any any people that I talk to. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's the BHIs or the uh, the Kemet folk, whoever evolution is, whoever they are. You know, I try to find the middle ground. But uh, my wife is doing a podcast on Exit Christianity Tuesday. I'll keep y'all updated, and I'll post it on my wall. Uh, she has it posted, but she's going to talk about how, you know, Kemet folk say that the Ten Commandments came from the, uh, the law of my art. Right, the laws of my art and um, the Book of the Dead. And this is uh, sub. This is an area where she's re- she she really has done the research on this, and with I mean, like with all the research that I've done over the years, uh, this is a show that I'm definitely gonna make sure I jump on. But as I told Dave, what I'm, my goal is to sit back, like a, you know, what I'm saying, like I'm just gonna sit back and listen. And just add to whatever she uh, she has got, she has going on, and I'll be taking notes and stuff. And there's going to be a lot of historical, a lot of historical aspects to this when it comes to ancient Egypt and the Bible, because uh, you know when it comes to history and the Bible, this is another one of my strong suits, and it. When it comes to helping people understand what events took place at, uh, in the Bible at what time, it's going to be so enlightening because it'll give you a, a better perspective on the events that take that took place, especially surrounding uh, surrounding the Exodus. Like Darian, you and I, uh, and Dave, I think we all, yeah, all three of us, we talked. We talked about the Hyksos and how the Hyksos are actually the Amalekites that came in right after uh, Israel left left Egypt. And these are the things that, like, my wife, she's not really familiar with, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be uh, another piece of that puzzle that I have that I can add to the puzzle piece that she has about the laws of my art. And so, uh, with that said, just keep, uh, just keep let your let your friends know if you know any Kemet folk. You know what I'm saying? Let them know so they they can get uh, an objective view, objective view on the history of Egypt and the Bible. When, when you plan on getting that cracking, uh, day, I mean, uh, the GT. That's gonna be Tuesday. She, uh, I'll post don't it on my. It. Yeah, I'll post it on my wall. Uh, I don't know exactly how she's gonna incorporate the callers and stuff like that, but I think it'll be a way where you can call in, you can uh, uh, ask questions or make comments and stuff like that. But I'll post it on my wall when I get a chance, and uh, I'll post her link so that you can go right to it. But yeah, it should. 
it should be a, a, a whammy because, you know what I'm saying, like, a lot of people, especially within the Christian realm, don't take these subjects on too much. And no. So, and so this would be a new one for her as far as, like, subjects, as far as subjects go, because she don't really dibble and dabble with the Kemet folk. Uh, yeah, she <laughs> she's usually into the whole institutionalized church thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, but you know, just give y'all background on on that. Evelyn, myself, or Evelyn, David, and myself. You know, this is how we met. We we was taking on these guys in Black Planet mm-hmm. in that room years years ago. So you know what I'm saying. Uh, this is going to be very interesting. So I just wanted to put that out there. Well, I'll call in. I'll, I'll that since it's this coming Tuesday, I'll, I'll call in. Uh, just hopefully, uh, well, yeah, I'll call in. I'll, I'll definitely yeah, call in I'm gonna call in Tuesday myself. Yeah, because right. I gotta, I, I gotta be a part of that because, you know, like you said, churches are well, Christians are not really all that familiar with Kemetism. I, I wasn't. I didn't know what it was. I, you know, I, I, I kind of did, but I didn't know enough to combat them. So I just kind of. You know, I, I didn't really have too many confrontations. But, yeah, that's how three of us met. We we were taking on these guys in the black Hebrew Israelites, the black Hebrew mm-hmm. Israelites, the Kemets and all that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm curious, though, GT, when, when do you want to do another show again? Because I know next week, or it, it'll be Christmas, I think, if this falls on a Sunday. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but we can talk about it. But uh, if I if we did a show anytime in these next two weeks, uh, I was going to you know have like a freestyle Fridays about you know saying maybe Christmas. Yeah, sounds good. And yeah, you know Sunday's what I'm saying every, and everything but, surrounding that. I probably not, I wouldn't do it on Christmas, right? But you know maybe the day you know Friday yeah. freestyle Friday. Yeah. But yeah, um um yeah, with Christmas, you know what I'm saying, like I've decided to take a different approach. And yeah, I wouldn't mind putting it out there, you know, the whole astronomical uh perspective of the Mazroth and the signs that the, that the uh the Magi saw and stuff like that. So, yeah, if we did do a Friday, another Friday, it'll be on that topic, Christmas, and everything surrounding it. So uh, I guess that'll probably be New Year's Eve. No, not New Year's Eve. New Year's, uh, yeah, the 30th. Uh, we, if next we, did, week if we did a show, if we do a show, it'll be one show uh, right before Christmas, the Friday before Christmas. That's the twenty third, right? And uh, and the next show will be the Friday after New Year's. Friday okay. after that's okay. the sixth. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. So uh, let me know it for certain, so that I can just you know. Let me know also. Uh, yeah, just hit me up, man. Yeah, we got right. we got you. We got you. All right then. All right, man. All right, so go ahead, Dave. You want to pray us out, bro? Sure. Uh, thank you all for calling in. And I know Darian is probably on the other line sleep. But uh, 
Thank you all for for calling in and uh, participating in these recordings. And hopefully, uh, God willing, we'll see you uh, question mark uh, next Friday. So uh, I'm just going to close this out with a word of prayer. Thank you, Father, for being with us tonight. Uh, And uh, thank you for your Holy Spirit. And thank you for uh, salvation uh, that we did not work for, Lord, and be with us tonight as we um, go to bed and, and enjoy your presence and be with our families over, this Christ, over the, uh, the, uh, the Christmas holidays, and hopefully we will meet again um, the, either the next Friday or the 6th of, uh, after the new year, which is the 6th of January, Lord. Be with us now as we close out in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, fellas, hey, y'all be safe and uh, uh, can't wait to hear from y'all again. Man, y'all too, man. Y'all be safe, bro. And be safe, man, Mr. Nelson. Be safe. Will do. <laughs> and grace mm-hmm. and peace. Grace and peace.